Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, everybody. Along with Ray Dinsher, I'm Glenn Mack. Now on this beautiful Saturday in the Delaware Valley. Ray, let's just uh, blow this place and go out for a nice stroll through Rittenhouse Square. Huh? Mm, I'm up for that. Well, I just did do a stroll through Rittenhouse Square. Yes, you did. And it's quite lovely, actually. It is a beautiful day. And uh, However... One day ago, Ray, we were sitting on top of the world. The Phillies had just be, uh, completed a four-game sweep. The Sixers uh, dominated game six in Toronto to advance in the playoffs. The Sixers got A.J. Brown and Jordan Davis. Ray, it was it was an all-time great day in Philadelphia sports. People were feeling great. Mm-hmm. You left one thing out. The Flyers season was about to end. That might have been the best news of all. Oh, I love Cranky Ray. We'll get to that later. Last night, Ray. Uh, here, here's the rub. Last night, we learned in the romp against Toronto Thursday that an elbow caught Joel Embiid in the face, uh, breaking his orbital bone, landing him with a concussion, meaning that he is out who knows how long as the Sixers start facing the tough Miami Heat. We'll get into all those issues. Last night, the Phillies. Finally, back to 500 and gaining momentum, go up to New York City and get no hit by a parade, Ray, of Kenham. Hold on, I can do Jody. Not one, <laughs> not two, not three, not four, but five Mets pictures. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that, Ray? That was good. Yeah, I think, th- I think they just called Jesse Orozco in <laughs> to get the last out. <laughs> And last night on day two of the uh, of the Eagles draft, the NFL draft, I'm not saying this is bad news, uh, but surprising in that the Eagles decide not to address their substantial defensive needs in round two, by, but they draft a center, a center, uh, and then around 1030, just as we think the day is lost. In, actually, Ray, exactly as I am flipping channels between watching Mets closer Edwin Diaz finish it off, striking out JT Real Muto, I flip back, and the Phillies spend their third-round pick on Georgia linebacker N'Kobe Dean, a guy that most people projected to go in the first round. 
what the hell's going on around here? As uh, was that Vince Lombardi, Lou Saban? <laughs> I think it was Vince Lombardi. That was Lombardi. Yeah, I get the two confused, having grown up in Sab- Buffalo. Saban was, they're killing me, Whitey. They're That's killing it. me. All right, let's break it down, Ray. The biggest news, of course, is Embiid. Um, happens with four minutes to go Thursday night. By the way, the Sixers are up 29. Embiid drives dunk, celebrates a little bit with an airplane spin, coming back down, and um, Pascal Siakam decides he was he'd had enough and just blatantly, viciously elbows him in the face. Right. Which, by the way, draws applause from the announcers in Toronto. We have this one, Kyle? Oh, I'm sorry. We'll play it later then. I'll play it later. The uh, draws applause from the announcers in Toronto. Uh, Ray, your take on this thing. In the moment and the aftermath. Oh, okay. Um, In the moment, what I'm thinking is, what the hell is he still doing on the floor? You know, I mean, I... You know, you don't want to lay this entirely at the feet of Doc Rivers. I mean, an injury could happen at any time. But you're up tw- you're up 29 with less than four minutes to go. Um, geez, I mean, why isn't he on the bench? Why is, it, why is he, you know, I mean, it didn't necessarily have to be Hayaka hitting him in the face. I mean, it could have been he could have fallen. He could have, right. he could have, could have fallen and, and re-injured his hand worse. He could have twisted his knee. I mean, we all know this guy's history about how, you know, things happen to him. You know, when you got this game in hand and he's played as many minutes as he's played in the series, you know, gee, give him the rest of the night off. You're That's up, what I'm thinking is why is he still on the floor? You're up 29 points. He really, Doc really doesn't like B-ball Paul, does he? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you're up 29. You're right. I, I entirely agree with you. Listen, the biggest culprit here is Siakam. It, it is. Cause right. It was, it was a cheap shot. It was an elbow. It broke his face. And Siakam deserves to get suspended or penalized or whatever there is. It's, He'll get fined. Yeah, and it was, it was a really bad move on his part. But the second part of that is that Embiid should not have been on the floor, and now the Sixers go in to play a really tough Miami team in a series where they're going to be an underdog, and Embiid already has the injury to his thumb. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, concussion protocol says at least five days, which will take him out at least the first game, and then he's going to, when he comes back, he's going to have – you know, one of those Jacques Plant goalie masks on. Well, we've seen him do that before. Yeah. Yeah, he broke his other orbital bone in 2018, maybe, whatever. For... Yeah, that, that was, well, that Markel, he collided with Markel Fultz, if you remember. Oh, I remember. And uh, came back, actually came back with the mask on to play Miami. And they won that series. And then they lost the next round to Boston. But, yeah, I mean, we've been down this road with him before. Yeah. Uh, so... Once again, and we'll discuss this more as the show goes on, but once again, uh, we we have a situation where a Sixers season could end in, you know, tragedy and disappointment. Sure seems to be headed in that direction. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine, I, I honestly... Year after year after year with this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine them. I mean, we don't even know if he's going to get back for any of this year. Correct. I mean, we're, we're, they're saying, they're, they're talking five days, six days, but there's no assurance that he's going to come back. No. And without him, I mean, I don't, I don't think they have a chance of get, winning no. a seven-game series uh, against Miami. James Harden goes off for 40 every game, maybe. Uh, I don't think that's happening. Looked good that last game. Maybe. Well, you got Jimmy, you know, one thing is you got, you know, Butler and Lowry are both hurt, too. Yeah. So Miami's not going into this full strength. Now, they'll play, but, um, you know, Lowry has a hamstring issue, and, and Jimmy Butler's got a, a sore knee. Yeah. Um, but at least they'll at least they'll be available to you. Embiid, Embiid will Embiid's not. It. Embiid's the whole thing, right? He's it. I mean, he's the you know I think he's the best player in the league, and he's a guy who this year 
arguably was the MVP, and he's a guy going into the playoffs who's going to carry you to glory, and we're going to have the parade down Broad Street, and now he's got a broken face and a broken thumb. Uh, I feel for everybody. I do. All right, next, and I want to get this one out of the way. We'll, again, we'll get to this later on a little bit, but last night the Phillies, who, hey, they were, if I get the numbers right, they were 6-10. and 10. They come home. They take four in a row out of Colorado. I know Colorado's not a good team, but I don't care. You win four in a row. You sweep a four-game series. There you go. A little momentum. 500. Let's go to New York. Take on the Mets. By right? the way, Colorado, the Met, yeah. I was going to say, have you ever seen a worse defensive team than Colorado? But then, of course, no. there's the Phillies. No, they make the Phillies look <laughs> They made the fine. Phillies look like gold glovers. Yes, they sure did. God, were they atrocious. Terrible. I'll take it. Whatever. They're in the league. You take the wins. But... You go to New York, now it's time. Okay, the Mets got off to that hot start. Let's try to gain a game or two back. Last night, Hamill's pretty good. I mean, he, he, he faded a little bit in the fifth, but he was looking good to start. He was certainly keeping him in the game. Only gave a, what, they give up three runs. Mm-hmm. And the Mets just bring in, a, like, one guy and then another guy, and then another, and the Phillies got no hit. Now, Ray, no, no hitters happen. It doesn't suggest your team is done for the season, but... Geez, that's embarrassing. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> There's no, no, no getting around it. That uh, I mean, they do, they just looked futile last night, and uh, you know all that, all the talk in the Colorado series that the bats have come alive, and ah, this is the offense we were expecting, and well, that came to a screeching halt last night. Twelve strikeouts. Well, yeah. I, twelve strikeouts is average for them. Twelve strikeouts used to be a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, now it's like they had twelve strikeouts. I mean, that's typical. That's your major league box score today. You're I mean, that's getting, how baseball played. You're getting no hit in the ninth inning, and all three of your guys struck out swinging. Yeah, I think the Mets struck out just as many times. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that, and we'll talk about them later. But draft. We'll get to day one in the in the next segment, which was very dramatic. Ray, I was. It was so much fun to be back down at the stadium, Lincoln Financial Field, for the draft party after, you know, those years of not having it mm-hmm. and having everybody back and excited and so on. The the pick of uh, Jordan Davis and then, oh, my God, the trade happened. Whatever, 15 minutes after that, the place was going crazy. It was just fun to be with the people enjoying all that. So we'll get to day one, but let's talk about day two, um, which starts with a surprise in the second round as the Eagles – who desperately need defensive help, decide, let's go with a center. And they take Cam Jurgens with the 51st pick, a 300-pound center out of Nebraska. Um, who, by the way, uh, I want to play this cut. Jason Kelsey is, during the draft, doing an anal- analysis for um, – I forget who he's doing it for. Adam Lefko. Adam Lefko. Bleacher Report, right? Yeah, okay, on Bleacher Report. And so they're having his live reaction to the, the pick – of the center of his heir apparent, and here it is. So this is my favorite player in the draft. I'm not just saying that because we Hell picked yeah. him. Uh, the Eagles have been uh, using me uh, to, like, evaluate some of the centers coming out, and of all the guys that I've looked at, like, for the past two, three years, out of all the guys that compare the most to myself, uh, this guy is him. I mean, he is so athletic, so fast. You see him out in space, he runs. He's a natural athlete. You see the fluidity. He played tight end, a position convert. He's only been playing offensive line for two years. Great scouting report, Ray. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and by the way, also very accurate, I think. Okay. And, and very cool that Kelsey basically said to the Eagles, 
I want to be involved in the process to whatever degree you will let me in scouting my replacement. Mm -hmm. And this is the guy he liked. All right, let's start with the scouting report as as you have it on Cam Jurgens. Can't add a whole lot to what um, to to what Jason said. I think it was pretty accurate. Yes, he's he's a con- con- convert. He was a tight end. They moved to center. Uh, he's six two, shade over three hundred pounds. Um, and but the big thing about him is what jumps off the screen when you watch him is he is he is very he is very Jason Kelsey like. Uh, in the sense that he's very athletic for the position, uh, he was the when in evaluating the centers in his draft. To me, he had he was the quickest off the snap into into the block of anybody in terms of snapping the ball and getting into his guy. Nobody in the league, including Linderbaum, uh, the the kid who went in the first round in Iowa, who's who's also a very good player. But in terms of coming snapping the ball and getting into your man. Um, I thought that I thought that Cameron was was the quickest of those guys. Uh, he's also able to he's also able to run. He's able to get outside. He's able to lead sweeps. He's able to get to the second level and block down there. You know the term athletic, which is always being associated with Jason Kelsey for a big man being able to move and get in position and get to blocking areas where a lot of centers can't. You could apply the same thing here. You could apply the same thing here to Jordan, I think. And uh, I think that uh, this was a good pick. Now I'm. Like everybody else, I mean, I'm surprised. You know, I'm a little bit surprised because at that point, I really did think they were going to go defense. I really did think they were going to go uh, with a defensive back. Um, you could argue that maybe the center would have been there on the next pick. You could have maybe gotten him a little later in the draft. Uh, but you can't argue against the value of the player. I okay. mean, he's he's good, and there's no no doubt in my mind that he will be the Eagles' next center whenever Kelsey decides to step aside. Right, and what I'm about to say is, is nothing against the player who who may be and projects to be and I hope will be a terrific center for the next 11 years as Kelsey has been for the last 11 years. But I, with the glaring needs you had on defense, and, and even beyond that, just kind of to me, it's the second round. Get somebody who can start for you now. You're How he's playing the long game which you and I have discussed the job security he has gives him the opportunity to do that. And in 2025, uh, what was the old song? In the year 2525. Well, not that long, but in 2025, um, this could really be a great pick and could really pay off. I would have preferred myself that if they thought they're a team that's going to win the division this year, they had taken somebody who could help them more this year. Mm Mm-hmm. That's my that's my kind of position on it. Nothing against the guy, maybe a great player. Hope he is, but I was I was a little surprised and just a little disappointed that cornerback safety, you know, another pass rusher seemed to make sense. Yeah, it's um, I I, I hear you, uh, and I was thinking the same thing, but um, Jurgens is a really good player. He really is, and it. If if I had my doubts about him as a player, if they had if they had made this move to draft another center, and I had doubts about his pro abilities, I would have a bigger problem with it. But I think they drafted a guy who's a perfect fit for their offense. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the funny thing is, I was actually looking when, as that pick was coming up. I was actually looking at an, another Nebraska player. I was looking at uh, at Cameron B- Taylor Britt, who's a cornerback. Um, who's who's a good player? Started at Nebraska for three years and was a good player. And I was looking at the corners that were still on my board, and I thought, "Geez, the Eagles might be going Nebraska here." 
And they went Nebraska, but they went in a totally different direction. Yeah. Okay. So then comes the third round. And here comes the surprise of the draft because as early as Thursday night, as they were deep into the first round, the analysts on TV are saying, well, you know, the best available player and a guy we expect to go off the board really soon is Georgia linebacker N'Kobe Dean. And then as they started last night, and they said best available's mock draft. They said, well, you know, clearly in the second round, one of the first names off the board is going to be Nicobe Dean. It's amazing how he's lasted this long. And then the second round comes and goes, and he's still there. And he becomes the big topic of conversation. It's always, you know, who's the guy who slips? The Aaron Rodgers of, of this year, right? We always see that one guy sitting around. Nicobe Dean is the guy who came to the draft, and, and he said – that, yeah, he said, I didn't have any other clothes to change into because I didn't expect to be here this long. Mm -hmm. Finally, in the third round, with their pick, which was pick 70, shoot, I don't have it here, 70-something. Eight, uh, eight, uh, 83. Eight, 83, excuse me, 83. The Eagles draft Nicobe Dean. So, Ray, the the... The story as it goes is he's got injuries, including injuries to his pec and his knee that caused that free fall and that just scared a lot of teams off. Uh, you and I are neither doctors nor have had a look at his medical reports. We will talk to our Cooper team or Cooper doctor later. Uh, we've talked about Nicobe Dean, and as I recall, you liked him a lot. Loved him. Loved him, loved him, loved him. I did. Uh you know, I, I talked endlessly about that Georgia team all, all season, really from the start of the season all the way through. I thought they were, well, they're certainly the best defense in college football. Uh, and he was right in the heart of it. Uh, and um, I, I just thought he was, I just thought he was a terrific linebacker. I, I know the issue of, of him being smaller than ideal. 5'11 and a half. 5'11 and a half compared to Devin Lloyd, who was 6'3". Um, you put the two of them side by side. One guy looks more like a linebacker, I suppose. But you put the tape on, and I, I don't want to say there's no comparison because Lloyd, that that would be being unfair to Lloyd. Lloyd's a good player, but Dean, in terms of his uh, his read and react ability, his ability to diagnose a play, his ability to get to the point of attack, um, set him apart from not from not just Lloyd, but from every other linebacker in this draft. I felt, and he demonstrated that all year playing for a really good Georgia team that ultimately went on and won the national championship. And so, yeah, I mean, I really, I, I had him as a first, I gave him a first round grade on my board. So the fact that, and I, but I knew that the 5'11 was going to scare some teams off. So I said, okay, well, maybe he's going to, maybe he'll fall to the second round. But I certainly didn't think he was going to fall to the third uh, until then you began hearing the medical stuff. The fact that there was a pec injury that he had gotten working out for the combine. But, uh, to me, I, I was very excited when the Eagles got him because they, you know, they 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 claim that they've checked him out. Physically, he's fine. He's going to come in this week with everybody else and go right on the field. So if he's if he's healthy, <laughs> if he's healthy, the Eagles got themselves a steal. Simple as that. Do you have concern that thirty other one teams clearly decided he wasn't healthy? Right, any team's going to take him in the second round or in the early third if he is. No, no, because this um, this stuff happens all the time. That, that word gets out about a guy that there's an injury that may be more imagined than real. Uh, and when you combine it with a guy that there are some questions about his size anyway, um, it'll scare people off. And then 
the further a guy falls, the more momentum that that fall takes on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everybody says, "Well, wait a minute, nobody's taking him. Look at this. Wait, what, what, something. There must really be something wrong here." And that's how you wind up with a guy like this falling into the third round. Now, look, I'm not a doctor. I don't have his X-rays in front of me. I, <laughs> I, I haven't given him any physicals or tapped on his knees with a hammer. I mean, I haven't done any of that stuff. But I'm just telling you the player that I saw. And if Howie was being truthful last night, if if he was correct in what he was saying, and that. We've checked him out. Physically, he's fine, and he's coming in with everybody else, and he's going right on the field to work out. If that's really the case, then the Eagles got themselves one heck of a player. And I think that he's going to be, I think he's going to be really, I think he's going to be really, really good. I think he's, you know, one of the things that he brings is, in, a, in addition to just an incredibly high football IQ and tremendous instinct and speed uh, and desire, uh, is a leader. I mean, that Georgia defense, I mean, they, look at how many Georgia defensive players got drafted well, in the first five round. Five in the first a, round. A ton of them. Five in the first round. I think it's the first time it ever happened ever. And you're, I mean, you're talking about the bluest of blue chip players yeah. on that defense. You saw it all season, yeah. how good they were. In the best conference in football. In, in the, the best college. conference in football. Yeah. And yet, when you watch Georgia, and I watched them a ton, at key moments in the game, when that defense was on the field, there was one guy in the huddle talking, and it was Nicobe Dean. I mean, all of those guys deferred to him in the biggest moments. They looked to him. Okay, what do we do now? He told them. That's one of the things I think has been lacking on this defense for a while. You know, they've got some guys that can play, but when Brandon Graham went down, um, one of the problems with that defense last year was I thought they were sorely lacking in leadership, you know. And, you know, Graham, Graham provides it, but he wasn't there. Fletcher has played a lot, but he's not that guy. Um, they really need, you know, they need a fire starter on that defense. And the Kobe Dean can be that plus a lot of other things. Nice. Well, here's hoping so. Here's hoping he's healthy. Here's hoping that in a bevy of bad news yesterday from the Embiid injury report to the Phillies getting no hit, that that is something that we'll look back in a year or two and think, boy, that made this day all worth it. Uh, coming up, Ray, we're going to talk about the first round. And we're going to talk about the first round with a guy who covers – the uh, Tennessee Titans down there, Buck Rising, uh, also for A to Z Sports in Nashville. He's on radio down there. Also of uh, the SEC, so he can talk to us about Jordan, the, the picks the Eagles got out of Georgia, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean. And we'll take people's phone calls at 215-592-9494. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now on a 94 WIP. Blockbuster News, Adam Schefter reports that the Titans are planning to trade wide receiver A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Sources tell ESP. Well, that's us getting the news live, Ray, when we were doing the draft show the other night. Sounded excited. It was People were very excited. Ike Reese, needless to say, stood up on the table and did a dance, and the crowd got really excited. And we are joined now by Buck Rising, uh, who covers the Titans for A to Z Sports in Nashville. He does radio down there. Thank you for joining us. I know you are headed out to uh, their facility for the uh, rounds four through seven, and I appreciate your time today, Buck. I'm more than happy to do it, gents, and uh, congratulations on landing AJ. Uh, well, that's what we want to talk to you about, because as you just heard from, uh, we did the show live the other night, Thursday, around 9.30 or so, when that deal got announced, people here were thrilled about it, um, and I guess we want to kind of look at it from Tennessee's perspective first. Why did they decide to move AJ Brown? Was this all about money, or are there other issues that played into it? Well, other issues did play into it. They never intended to trade A.J. Uh, even he's leading into day one of the NFL draft on Thursday night, it was not their intention 
to move him. But over the course of the last couple of weeks, uh, the situation had become untenable. The requests made on behalf of A.J. Brown by his representation at CAA were unreasonable and untenable, according to the Tennessee Titans. And he had cut communication, off he being A.J. Brown, with the team um, in the weeks leading up to the NFL draft before his representation had put a, uh, a contract in front of the Titans general manager, John Robinson, that exceeded $25 million a year in average annual value and uh, you know, almost $80 million guaranteed is what they were requesting. Otherwise, he was not going to trade, uh, take the field here in Nashville when mandatory minicamp and things of that nature began. So it was, uh, it was a bit, it was a, there was a lot of friction, basically, and Titans fans are very unpleased with the situation, but A.J. has his part to play in this as well. Well, it's pretty obvious uh, seeing the video clip that uh, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, wasn't happy with it. I mean, you could, you know, I mean it, it was, he, he made no attempt to hide his feelings about, about having the trade because he obviously wanted to keep A.J. But, but, Buck, what I wanted to ask you about was something that um, – that I reacted to when I heard the news. I mean, everybody in Philadelphia, as you heard with Glenn's clip, everybody at the party was going crazy, and Ike Reese was dancing on the table and all that stuff. But um, when they came to me, I was concerned. Uh, and I said, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not so sure about this. Because I remember, I remember the, the extraordinary press conference that A.J. had last year where he came out and he talked about his bouts with depression. Uh, and talked about the fact that he, you know, he, that he had considered suicide, and there was a lot of emotional stuff that he had to he had to see through there. Uh, and I wasn't sure. And I, the thing was, I didn't when when I was on the air, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't know exactly where it stood, and I didn't want to just sort of lay that out there without having a better idea of exactly what he was dealing with. But it was certainly on my mind. Now you were down there, you saw him through that whole thing. You were probably at the presser when he talked about that. Um, <clears throat> How did how surprising was that when it came about, and how much do you think he has he has totally gotten control of his demons and he's ready to start focusing on football again? Well, the the control of the demons is a matter entirely under AJ's control, and you know, I mean, I don't know how much attention you guys pay to his behavior on social media, but it is fairly erratic, and he is a hugely emotional person. Um, outwardly so, and he clearly pays attention to what people say about him on social media and the way that he tends to subtweet. He's he's a Gen Z athlete, and and such is the nature of covering the NFL in in 2022. But working through the the mental health stuff with AJ and seeing him work through that with the team, this was something that he had disclosed initially on his Instagram account, um, putting out a message that he had thoughts of self harm throughout the course of the 2020 season. Obviously, that was a hugely difficult time for any of us for a great many reasons, but A.J. had worked through uh, two different, two knee injuries, both that required scopes at the end of the year. He had been, you know, the isolation and things of that nature had uh, built up in ways that were causing him that kind of mental detriment. And his situation, his family situation is, is a complicated one. All of it plays into who AJ is, and he's he's a spectacular young man. Truly, I don't I don't want this to sound like an indictment of him because we all have demons to some degree. But it is a question. It, it is unfortunately a question when it comes to paying an individual like this a hundred million dollars and an average annual value of twenty five million, as the Philadelphia Eagles did upon the completion of that trade. Um, it's something that has become 
more prevalent. Um, certainly in the days leading up to the trade here in Tennessee, he had been more vocal on social media. Again, the cutting off of communication with John Robinson and Mike Rabel, who both reached out to him after the trade was done just to say, you know, hey, man, who tried to reach out to him after the trade was done to say, hey, man, you know, we really appreciate everything that you've done for us. We wish you and your family the best uh, the best moving forward and continued health and success. And apparently he did not mm. take their phone calls. And this was something that Mike Vrabel, I mean, you talk about how upset he was at the press conference. I don't know how many of Mike's press conferences these guys have watched, but he's not necessarily the most uh, – the most comfortable or most uh, he's no. not a happy camper. No, he's he not. That's true. The media, yeah. just on principle. But the thing that made that that exacerbated that was the fact that I mean, Mike had been embarrassed. Mike Mike Rabel had been embarrassed by all, all this whole situation because you know I think about three weeks ago he went on Rich Eisen's show and proclaimed publicly that as long as he was the head coach in Tennessee, AJ Brown was not on the trade block. And yeah. there we sat Thursday night looking at Mike huffing and puffing about the idea that they had just shipped A.J. Brown uh, over there to you guys in, uh, in Philadelphia. So it's, it's a hugely complex situation, and it's been made even more complicated by the representation side of things with, uh, with CAA and the fact that they represent not just A.J., but Debo Samuel. And there's uh, a leaked Instagram live from Debo Samuel's mother where A.J. and Debo are talking in the background about how neither the San Francisco 49ers or the Tennessee Titans will exceed $20 million, and this gets out publicly, and it just uh, turns into a tailspin in the way that has left a bad taste, I think, in everybody's mouth, yeah. at least down here in the southeast. Buck Rising is our guest. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Buck, R-E-I-S-I-N-G. Before we let you go, because uh, I, I, I checked with you, you also cover, follow the SEC. The Eagles got two players off of that Georgia defense in the first couple days. Let's just get your quick assessment of uh, first Jordan Davis and then N'Kobe Dean. Yeah, with Jordan Davis, obviously he's an incredible athlete for a, a mountain of a man at that size. The biggest question that I had when talking to scouts at the, at the Combine and leading up to the pre-draft process was, I mean, he really didn't play more than 20 snaps a game, and his lack of, uh, his lack of playing uh, playtime on third down certainly going to be a question in today's NFL where interior pass rush is at a premium and that seems that he is not, at least at Georgia, was not a focal point of their pass rush, even though he has all the physical traits and talent. So just something to keep in mind when you watch Jordan Davis and his deployment, and I'm sure as he gets acclimated to the NFL and to Philadelphia's defense, that will be that will continue to come up as a part of that. Now, Nicobe Dean, that was a that was a, a fascinating watch as far as the draft fall was concerned with him not going until uh, the later rounds yesterday. I understand that there was a pec injury that was causing some teams to turn away from him, but this is a hugely talented player, a, a superior athlete. I understand that the size is a concern, but at inside linebacker these days, when when the majority of your job is to cover and to operate in coverage this is somebody who will be able to give you meaningful snaps on all three downs they're both hugely talented and philadelphia has done well certainly this offseason to try and prepare themselves uh to uh, to gut it out in the nfc east but though they are two players with questions at this point um particularly jordan davis given given how much you need to rush the passer from inside the pocket sure Hey, Buck Rising, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the draft, the rest of your day. Appreciate it, man. Anytime, Jeff. Thank right. you. Thank you, Buck. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, um, I was in a tough spot Thursday night. I heard you. Well, I heard you Friday morning. 
I was on a tough yeah. spot Thursday night. You, you were uncomfortable saying too much, but you had questions, and whenever the question is about somebody's mental health, it's you got to tread lightly. And that's, that's the problem with live television, and that's the problem with instant reaction. I mean, they make the trade, they come to me, and they say, we're going on the air right now, the Eagles are getting A.J. Brown, and I'm, I'm processing all, everything that I know about A.J. Brown, which is a lot more than the fans knew. I guarantee you the people that were in that room had no idea that he went through what he went through. Right. A, Although he was very public about it, people up here aren't Yeah, gonna... people up here didn't know, right. but I knew. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, okay, how do I characterize this? How do I explain this? I certainly didn't want to just throw it out there uh, and say, well, this is a guy that uh, talked about having severe depression and thoughts of suicide. Um, but then he doesn't run a really good out pattern. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I just, yeah. I didn't want to just throw that out there right. without being able to, to, to sort of put it in some kind of context. So, all I could do was just kind of hedge and say, well, I'm not so sure about this. You know, I'm not so sure I wasn't so quick to do this. And everybody thought that I was crazy because all they were looking at was the football player. Sure. Um, now, I'm sure that when, when AJ comes in here and does his press conference with the local media, he will have his opportunity then to tell his side of the story and to lay it out there in full detail. Um, but I, I didn't want to be the one to jump the gun and start talking about stuff that – I didn't really know that much yeah, about it. And you also didn't feel comfortable joining in the victory ants that we were all doing right. because you have these reservations. I get it. Because, I, get I, mean, it. He, I mean, this was a guy that went through an obviously very, very tough emotional time. Anybody that admits to having suicidal thoughts, they got a lot of issues. And now, you know, you're going to make the trade for him and give him a $100 million contract? You know, I just needed to have a better sense of where he was emotionally before I said that I was all in on the deal. Sure. Uh, let's talk to Andy in Mount Laurel. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Good morning, Andy. Yo, guys, how you doing? Always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I got two concerns. Um, I'm back and forth. Ray, we talked a lot about Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean over the past couple of weeks, and we both liked each player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last guy you just had on, I think uh, Davis is going to develop into a great inside pass rush. He's very athletic. Um, I know he said he wasn't that all that, but I think he's going to be a keeper. He's, he's going to really help our defensive line. The only thing I have a concern with is, you know, A.J. Brown's a great on paper, one-two receivers. I mean, we, we, we'll have the greatest receiving crew in the, in the league, but there were three defensive players that I looked at, Jermaine Johnson, Devin Lloyd, and Quay Walker, that I think would have just fit just well as another defensive pick, which, you know, that's, that's hearsay now. Okay, I am happy with A.J. Brown. I didn't, was not aware of his mental problems, which, God bless him, I hope he works things out. But, right. dude, even Sam Williams I would have taken. The Cowboys took him. There's, we still have problems at defensive end, which I think, in my, in my opinion, we're inept. And our, our, our defensive backfield, dude, I mean, we, we haven't addressed it yet. The, the secondary, no, no, no question. Hold on, let, let's, let's get to these one at a time. No um, Jermaine Johnson was an interesting one because John Ritchie was calling – for the Eagles to trade up like around pick 10 to get him. And then he fell well, they and were, fell. People thought he was going to go in the top 10. Right, and he fell and fell and fell and fell. And again, sometimes you don't know, right? Sometimes right. guys fall and there's issues that we don't know. And I don't know what it was with Jermaine Johnson that caused him to fall so much. And he fell all the way to 26, which yeah. no one expected. Who took the Jets in the end? Jets got him. Yeah. Okay, so Andy brings up the secondary, and the secondary remains unaddressed. Ray, all I am hoping is right now somewhere. Andy, Honey Badger is sitting, just waiting for that phone call of confirmation to come to the Eagles. Safety, not a corner, but clearly right. it's something they need. And and that's, Ray, that's the best I can do. Yeah. That's the best I can hope for. I mean, I'm sure they'll draft a, a, a cornerback today, 
But anybody you're getting in the fourth, fifth round is you can't expect them to walk in and do the job. Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I they've only got they've only got two picks today, and you don't really expect anybody you draft this far down that you're projecting him that he's going to walk on the field and be a star. I mean, Jalen Mills did, but that was that was an unusual case. Um, yeah, I and I, I thought the same thing. You know, when when Andy was talking about that pick at 18, where the Eagles make the move to make the trade to AJ Brown, who is a very who is who is a very very good receiver, no question. If he's if he's got everything together and he's ready to play he's a very good receiver uh but the the defensive options were yeah were, were Jermaine Johnson was certainly on the board I was thinking Kyle Hamilton I really was the kid from Notre Dame yeah I was too yeah I mean the yeah, Eagles was, hey, you know you talk about you, yeah. you talk about shoring up the secondary I think Kyle Hamilton is is a really unique player I mean a guy with that size and that kind of range in the middle of the field for a defense that one of the things they have to do, one of the things they have to find a way to do um, is take the ball away from the other team. You need, you need playmakers in the secondary that will get you turnovers, that will force mistakes, that will get you short fields, that will create those opportunities. You know, the idea that the Eagles were a top-10 defense last year, I mean, to me was so misleading because you look at their stats on third down, you look at their stats in the red zone, you look at their takeaways, their, look at their sacks, all those big play plays, they just don't make them. And you need guys that can help you do that. And Kyle Hamilton... I think is a guy that uh, has a unique sort of skill set that I thought could have come in here. And when the Eagles, when the Eagles decided to stay uh, there, uh, I thought that, okay, this is what they're going to do. That it's either going to be Hamilton or it's going to be Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, you know, and frankly, I was surprised. I was surprised. But I think that Hamilton's going to come into the league. I know there were questions about him. A lot of people thought that he was going to be a top 10 pick, but then he ran a slow 40, and then all of a sudden he started to drop. But I never lost faith in what I saw on tape. And what I saw on tape was a guy who I think is going to be a real difference-making guy in the NFL. I really do. 215-592-9494. Merrill Reese joins us at 11, Ray. Uh-huh. Come on. How much fun is that going to be? <laughs> oh, something tells me Merrill's going to be very excited by I the events of the last two Merrill. days. Oh. I love excited Merrill. Merrill's always excited. I know. It's, I, I could, let, let me be just It was generally a bad day in Philadelphia sports yesterday. The Embiid news, the yes. Phillies getting no hit. Right. You can like the draft or not, but a lot of other stuff was bad. And I was thinking, it occurred to me, like in the afternoon, like, what can I bring on Saturday that's going to make people feel good? Mm-hmm. Merrill. Well, I guarantee you, at 11 o'clock when we get Merrill, he will be on the golf course. We've done we've done interviews with Merrill yeah, on the golf hear course. You always little birds yeah, in the background, yeah. a little wind. Mm-hmm. Yep, I guarantee you. I don't know it's what a beautiful fi- day for it. I don't know what I don't know Glenn, what hole he'll be on. I'm but on the fifth tee. He'll be he'll be at Marion. He'll be at Marion deciding whether he wants to hit the five or the six iron. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Ray and Glenn on ninety four WIP. Right into Glenn Mack now. Beautiful Saturday, uh, ninety four WIP. Time for this week in. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Sports History brought to you by Scheib Vintage Sports. Where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or at shibesports.com. So, Ray, mm-hmm. 11 years ago on this very day, the Eagles drafted the aforementioned Jason Kelsey. We got a lot about Jason Kelsey today. Um, and he was a late-round pick. Sixth, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he was, um, who has worked out to be a I think five-time pro bowler, mm-hmm. uh, best center in franchise, modern franchise history. A guy who maybe, maybe, maybe someday will go with his brother to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think that is very likely. A great pick. I want to play you this. This is from 11 years ago. Jason Young, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, the pup mm-hmm. at the Combine. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was in high school, I was a running back, averaged 9.5 yards a carry. Okay. When I was a linebacker and had 130 tackles my senior year. Right. So going over to offensive line is a big difference. You right. know, you're no longer, you don't have stats right. other than pancakes. So, uh, I, at first, it was really tough. I, I struggled with it. I didn't really like the position. But as I got better at it, as I got accustomed to uh, what uh, the different uh, te- techniques of the game, mm-hmm. uh, I really came to love it. And mm-hmm. it's put me in a great position to play professionally and uh, do it for a living. <laughs> By the way, the guy doing the interview is Cecil Martin. Oh, Former really? Fullback. Yeah, he's dabbling with broadcasting at the time. Anyway, uh, as we said, Jason Kelsey has gone on to greatness here and uh, is now in the process of picking out his replacement, something most people don't get to do at their job. No. But I'm using that to launch into the importance of late-round picks because the Eagles, you know, I mean, they're always a crapshoot, but sometimes you get them. 2018, they got Jordan Mailata in the sixth round. I remember you and I doing the show. Seventh, I think. Oh, maybe it was the seventh. Okay. Yeah, he was 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 at the very bottom. Yeah, they got Josh Sweat in the fourth round that year and Avante Maddox. Uh, 2016, they got uh, Halapula Vitae in the fourth. Now, he didn't go on to greatness, but he started in a Super Bowl for them. Jalen Mills, too. Jalen Mills was, I think, a six. 2014, Bo Allen in the seventh mm-hmm. played in the Super Bowl. Uh, Brent Selleck was a fifth rounder once upon a time. Todd Harriman's former Tell Us Your Story guest was a fourth. Trent Cole was a fifth. Yep. So. And then you go back, you know, uh, in the years when I was covering it, Wilbert Montgomery was a six, and Harold Carmichael yep. was a seven. Yep. So, what do you got today? What 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 do you see, Ray? 
anybody who is out there who may be the draft. By the way, the draft starts at noon. I don't know that we'll be here when the Eagles make their first pick. I hope so. But uh, they'll make at least a couple picks today. I, I have the feeling Howie's going to make a move or two and get more. Uh, give me a name or two that you would like to see wearing the midnight green. <laughs> well, um, I'm looking at my sleepers, and uh, four of them are still alive. Christian Watson got picked last night by yeah. Green Bay, and I think that's a great fit for him. I think he and I think he's going to be kind. Of, it's, it's so funny. I remember, I remember saying my comparison on him. As a pro, I said he reminds me of Jordy Nelson. Right, I know. And now here he, there he, is. Here he goes to Green Bay. Same and it's going to be throwing to Jordy Nelson. Aaron Rodgers is going to say, hey, look, Jordy's back. Yeah. I mean, I think the kid's that good. Um, of the other guys, one of the guys that I mentioned that you really like with Daniel Falale is still oh, on the board. Oh, yeah. Now, doesn't address your needs on no, defense. that's right. That's right. He's, he's uh, the big we're offensive t- lineman. We're talking about the 390-pound offensive yeah, tackle. No, we got enough offensive linemen. Yeah. They can't uh, do that. Um, but there's another guy who's a linebacker um, that uh, I like very much from Oklahoma State named Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, but, you know, I think you've probably – are the Eagles going to really dress, draft two linebackers? I mean, the Kobe Dean probably answered your linebacker for the next decade. Okay. I don't know if this team's going to t- take – in a draft where they didn't have all that many picks, that so they're going to use two of them on a position that they've ignored for, 20 de- for two decades? I don't know. But Malcolm Rodriguez is a guy that – I guarantee you he's going to go today, and the team that drafts him is going to love him. He's going to be an immediate star on special teams, and he's going to work his way onto the field as part of your defense probably by the end of his rookie year. I think he's really that good. You know you know what I was thinking is how he trades away all those late-round picks? Mm-hmm. Killed my dream. Yeah. The Matt punter. Ariza. Yeah. They're not, they can't do it. You, can't, you get two picks left. You can't, you can't take a punter. Now, as much as I love to see this guy come here, they just can't do it. So anyway, well, who's to say? Oh, you know, no. I mean, I've been full of surprises no, so far. No, they got. They need position players, man. They do. They need. They they need safeties and corners somewhere. Again, I'm really hoping. Here, you know what? By the way, just real quick, because I want to get a couple phone calls in this mm-hmm. segment. Um, today could be a day where you trade Jalen Rager. Today could be a day where you you know you move Andre Dillard, Dillard. Mm-hmm. right, and get an extra pick. Yeah which would be fine. By the way, Jalen Rager, within an hour after the Eagles training for A.J. Brown, deleted his entire social media profile. He did? Yeah, which I know you're not on social media, but it's the equivalent of taking your toys and going home. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think, it, I think he kind of sees where this thing is headed. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, let me just very quickly, I'll give you a couple, a couple of defensive backs that to me are uh, worth looking at. Okay, because if we're ta- if we're talking defense, uh, defensive secondary today, couple names that are still on the board: Kobe, Kobe Bryant with a C. What? Kobe Bryant with a C. C O B Y. That would be, that would be an interesting story. Um, okay. He's he's the other corner from Sauce Gardner. Okay. Like that Cincinnati team, Sauce was playing the one corner. Yeah. Kobe Bryant played the other corner. He's uh-huh. still on the board. Josh Williams is a cornerback from Fayetteville State. is a pretty good player. Will probably mm-hmm. go today. Tariq Woolen is a cornerback from University of Texas San Antonio, um, which is a very small school, uh, but is a very unique defensive back. He's six feet four, uh, and he ran a four two forty. He's a converted wide receiver, so he's got a lot to learn. But he's got a very very unique skill set. He's going to get drafted today. Probably not ready to play right now, and the Eagles kind of need somebody that's going to play right now. Yeah. But just on his physical skills alone, he's going to get drafted today. All right, good stuff. Let me get Joe in Merchantville. Joe, what's on your mind this morning? 
Gentlemen, always a always a good show. I love I love listening to you guys every morning. I sometimes work very late at night, but I set my alarm to make sure I'm awake for your for your show. Wow, thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. <laughs> we we barely get, get here. My, yeah. Before I get to my sports point, uh, Ray, you may n- never have dated Kendall Jenner, but I assure you, he was never asked to lunch by Christy Brinkley. No, that's true. That is true. <laughs> The Christy Brinkley story came up this week, Glenn. Oh, it'll come up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, came, it came up earlier this week. We'll bring it up again. Okay. And, yeah. and Ray, just for, and just for the record, there's not an editor in the world that would have denied you the chance to have that lunch and have your story. That be is late. entirely correct. Yeah, if I get a se- if I get a second chance at it, I'll think I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, what do you got in the draft, Joe? Uh, I so far I love the draft. I mean, I was I was hoping I thought they were heading for Hamilton. Or I thought they might even be heading, heading. When they traded up, I thought they were going for Williams, the uh, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I personally wanted Hamilton, but I can't. I, I certainly can't argue with the uh, the kid from Georgia, Davis. I think he'll, uh, uh, with the proper coaching and the proper uh, motivation, mm-hmm. I think he could be he could be a a very very good player in this league. Yeah, uh, um, I think I don't. I don't necessarily think you're wrong about the Williams thing. I would. I I, I kind of thought the same thing, and the Lions beat them to the punch by jumping up and taking him ahead. I think that may yeah. have been. I think that he may well have been the target. But Davis is Davis is a guy that has a chance to come in here and be a very good player. I agree with you. And 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 we and it's not like as we've talked about. It's not like we. There, there's so many. There, there's so many needs right now on the defensive side. It's hard to argue. With uh, which one? It's like I feel like I'm splitting hairs if I say, "Ah, oh, you should have taken Hamilton instead of Davis." Right. Yeah. It's it, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, we'll know in five years, right? Yeah, and it's not. If you think about it, um, it, it's consistent with the Eagles' philosophy. They build with the with the lines, which I I can't disagree with. Yeah. What do you have? You had a, a thought on Embiid? Uh, I, I, I my hand to God. I was listening on the radio, and I was saying. Why is Embiid in there? Why is Embiid yeah. in there? Yep. And then all of a sudden, I was thinking. Gets, I was thinking uh, exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. Why is he still on the floor? It's on Doc. Only bad things can happen. Yep. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up, we talk to Merrill Reese. That will be fun. Hey, are you tired of dealing with your old drafting windows and doors? Maybe it's time you finally go Guida. The great people at Guida Door and Window will help make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. Now, for each door or window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off, and you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Buy an entry door, get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door, you get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, well, you save 50% on half your project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Guida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. All right, well, that, Ray, is Mike Keith, who is the radio play-by-play announcer for the Tennessee Titans. And he did a fine job there. Very excited. I, well, <laughs> very excited, and I think the musical accompaniment helps, mm-hmm. which is why I want to ask Merrill Reese, as he gets to call all these touchdowns from A.J. Brown this year. <laughs> Merrill, can you and Mike get, a, get, like, a band in there? Oh, my goodness. I don't think we need a band. No. I, I, think, I think these last few days deserve a band. They they certainly they certainly deserve some fanfare 
Uh, and and we're going to go through them all, but I want to start with A.J. Brown because, you know, a guy who's going to score touchdowns, a skill position player is always very exciting, and you're going to have the opportunity to call that guy, and I'm sure you've watched him play. Bringing him to this offense, Merrill, adds a dimension that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there were some rookie receivers, Glenn and Ray, who I really liked. Uh, I, I I like Burks a lot. I like the Lave. Uh, I certainly like Wilson, but you know what? Uh oh, I think we lost him. Uh oh, Merrill, there? Oh no, we lost him right on. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Call him back. We'll get him back. All right, well, oh, he was just warming up. Too. I know, I know. I think you're right. I think he's on the golf course. Yeah, no question, he's on the golf yeah, course. Yeah, he's outdoor somewhere. I would be, I would be absolutely shocked if he wasn't on right. at Marion. Yeah. What do you think? How, how far along? You think he's still in the front nine? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Has he made the turn yet? Nah, nah, nah. Six or seven. Mm-hmm. Lining up a putt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will. We'll get him back, and we'll get his his thoughts. Well, we know we got it. We got his overview. He's very happy with the first two days of the draft. Yeah, well, he should be. Yeah. Listen, if you're if you're you heard that excitement that uh, that guy Mike Keith had for AJ Brown. A.J. Brown is going to add, I mean, I think he's going to add a ton of talent, but he also is a very exciting player. He's going to add a lot of excitement. Yeah, um, he's got. A, he's certainly got a really great skill set. Um, he catches the ball well. Um, he is very tough after the catch. He's very tough to bring down. He is strong. Uh, he breaks tackles. Uh, some of the touchdowns he scored two years ago, 2020, uh, I mean, he would break. It was nothing for him to break three or four tackles yeah. on his way to the end zone. Yeah. All right, I think we got Merrill back. Merrill, we're be- we're guessing you're on about the seventh hole right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm sitting here in my study. Oh, uh, speaking with you guys, I and I heard you perfectly clearly, oh, but okay. obviously you didn't hear me. All right, well, well you was, were you were just starting to wax uh, enthusiastically about AJ Brown. So, well, I I think I said to you that. The, uh, there, there were a lot of rookies who I really liked in this draft, rookie wide receivers. But when you talk about a rookie wide receiver, even the best generally have to go through some sort of an adjustment period. Here you have a wide receiver who has the ability to be elite, and he's already gone through the, the adjustment period. He's a finished product, and he's still only 24 years old. I think he'll be 25 during the season. So you put Jalen Hurts, who is having a very big year. Uh, this is a this is a critical year in his career, and you're giving him a ready-made target. And then you have a second-year receiver in Devontae Smith, and then you add Quez Watkins, and then there's the uh, receiver that Nick wanted from Indianapolis, Zach Pascal. And I still like things that Greg Ward can bring, and you add the tight end, Dallas Goddard. You have an arsenal. You really have an arsenal. I know you're you're I mean you're really plugged in down there Merle you're down there a lot and you're you got your finger pretty much on the pulse of what's going on with the Eagles. Um what did you think the likelihood was of them swinging a deal like this? Cuz we knew that they were in on Calvin Ridley. We knew that they were looking around for a veteran wide receiver, a guy that could come in and be a real difference maker. Um did when they made the, when they made the announcement that they had made the deal and it was AJ Brown, how surprised were you? Very. Very. Uh, because I was, I hadn't gotten over the, the satisfaction and the excitement of Jordan Davis. Because Jordan Davis was the guy that, if you would ask me three months ago, who was the player that I most wanted the Eagles to get, it was Jordan Davis. I mean, there are other good receivers. I heard you guys one morning talking about the Jermaine Johnson, and I, I share your enthusiasm 
and your evaluation of him. But I just, I just loved what I saw of Jordan Davis, and he was my, he was my number one on my wish list, Jordan Davis. So I'm still excited about that, and now I'm hoping that Traylon Burks will be there for the 18th pick, and then I hear this deal, and it's even better. Well, Traylon Burks didn't turn out to be the 18th pick, but he would he not come in here. Yeah, he's just not there. <laughs> it does not come in here. Yeah, just not theirs. But but I love what they did. I really do. I I think Davis. I think what this team needs is somebody who is disruptive at the line of scrimmage. And I don't I don't take. I was speaking to Stan Walls yesterday. Stan has seen Jordan Davis now. Stan lives in Atlanta, and he's seen him in every play he's had for the past several years. And he just raved about him, and he said they talk about, they, they wonder about his stamina. He said he's double-teamed on almost every play, and he doesn't give ground. And, you know, people talk about the sack number. I hate to, I, I don't live in the past, but Ray, like you, there are certain things that the different coaches have told us over the years that stay there and remain part of our, our philosophy. Uh, we, both of us, can, can probably, off the top of our heads, come up with nine from Dick Vermeule or 12 from Dick Vermeule axioms that he taught us many, many years ago. Sure. And one of the things I remember was sitting in an office with Bud Carson, who was one of the most brilliant defensive coordinators in the history of the game, and, and we had established a, a wonderful friendship. And I was talking about Reggie White and what he was doing in Clyde Simmons, and he said, let me tell you something, Reggie is the best, but this all starts with what Jerome Brown does up the middle and collapsing the pocket. I think we pay too much attention to sack numbers with defensive tackles. And if, if I, I think this guy is going to make a huge impact on this defense. Well, Merrill, another guy who uh, we hope will have a huge impact uh, and who slipped in the draft is N'Kobe Dean, who they end up getting in the third round. A yeah. guy who you know a lot of people projected for the first. There's talk about uh, an injury, which he says he's fine. Eagles say he's going to come in next week, participate. Um, if healthy, what do you see out of this kid? Boy, he, he's an exciting player. Uh, he is instinctive. Not only do I think he's going to add something on the field, I think he's going to add something off the field because in his entire high school and college career, this guy has really been a leader. That's what he is, and, and he is an electric type of player. I was shocked to see him slip the way he did and when they when they drafted cam jurgens in the second round my mouth opened because i said the kobe dean is there but at the same time i never never envisioned him sliding the way he did but you know that happens in every draft and sometimes the rumor turns out to be true and sometimes it doesn't i mean we can go back we can go back to one of the biggest faux pas the teams made years and years ago by letting Dan Marino slide all the way to the back of the first round of the draft and all of those other quarterbacks who were picked ahead of him because there were rumors about him. And uh, I don't know. Kobe Dean says he's fine. He said no doctor ever suggested surgery and that he's ready to go. Well, if that's the case, if, if there isn't something mysterious or unknown, they've got a, they've got a heck of a player. Yeah, I I love him. I I do. I mean, I I I was a big fan of that Georgia team all season, and uh, I was just saying to Glenn that on a team that had on a defense that had a ton of blue chip players, and you look at how many of those guys have been drafted already in this draft. I mean, it might be one of the most celebrated 
college defensive football teams of all time. Sure. The, the unquestioned leader of the team was N'Kobe Dean. I mean, yep. you, you, you watched their games, the guy who won the field, who was doing all the communicating, the guy that was doing all the talking and models, the guy that everybody looked to in a tough situation was N'Kobe Dean. And that's not something you can coach. That's not something you can manufacture. Guys either have that or they don't. Uh, and, and he had it and demonstrated it every week, leading a team to a national championship in the toughest conference in football. You know, I know, but the funny thing is, Merle, in my conversations with NFL people, as much as I, and I always talked up Dean, always, because I liked him that much, and what I, I kept hearing back was, yeah, he's 5'11". Yeah, but he's 5'11". He's, and I said, if, if he was 6'1", we're talking two inches, would we have a whole two different inches. conversation? Well, yeah, no. we would. Well, so to me, that's silly. If you look at a guy, can he play the run? Yeah. Can he play the pass? Yeah. Can he blitz? Yeah. Is he a leader? Yeah. Is he smart? Yeah. Well, he's checked every single box, but he's 5'11 and a half, so for that reason, you're not going to draft him. It seems so silly to me. But if, but listen, if the Eagles walk away from this draft with a guy like that that's going to step in and play for them right away, which I believe he will, then good for them because he was, he's probably the best third-round third round steal that this team's had in a long time. Oh, oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this, this, this is a steal, as I said, unless there's something that we don't know about with the injury. But uh, he is, he's one of those special players, right? If they had, if, let's say Jordan Davis hadn't been there for them and they had just drafted the Kobe Dean at 15, I, I certainly wouldn't have been unhappy. I still would have been excited, but my first guy was Jordan Davis. But the fact that they, I, I think I tweeted last night that if you had told me before this draft that by the end of the third round, that the Eagles were going to have Jordan Davis, AJ Brown, and the Kobe Dean. I I would I would have thought I was dreaming. I really would have because that seems so unlikely to come away with that trio. And then then there's Cam Jurgens, who I never saw coming. I never I was really I said I knew going into the second day. I said now they have got to continue to build on the defense. And then they take a center. But the more I think about it the more it makes sense. Uh, first of all, I've heard people say that he's maybe the best center in the in the draft. I know a lot of people say Lindenbaum, and he went high. He was the first center taken. But this guy, there are people who are more in his camp because he's faster. And the fact that Jason Kelsey has added his sanction and said that he has liked everything he saw about him, the Eagles had him look at a lot of tape of Cam Jurgens. And, and Jason is smart and inspirational. And if he says it, he doesn't just he doesn't throw things out there to be a, a team spokesperson. Jason says what he feels. And when he if he says he's a he's an outstanding young center, that's good enough for me. And and when you think about it, also even though I'm saying defense, 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 the likelihood I think this is going to be a pretty good team when we get everything settled and they go through camp. But I think they're going to be a, a playoff team going into the into the season. But I don't think this is a team that you can look at and say they're odds on to win the Super Bowl this year. That that's that is a stretch. I mean, sure, things crazy things happen, but that that would be a stretch. But you can say still that next year, if this team continues to grow, they're going to be one of the favorites going into the 2073 season. And chances are, now I'm not making the decisions for anybody, but I think chances are not great that Jason Kelsey's going to be back for two more years. I think we're lucky to have him for this year. And what better move is there to have his successor right in the house and to learn and grow from him? Amen.
uh, and Jason uh, actually scouted him. And I, the whole part of it is really very, uh, very endearing. Merrill, always a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, we look forward to uh, fun and excitement, and you and Mike behind the mic. Well, we can't wait. Honestly, this I think Eagles fans have so much to be excited about. I don't think the moves are done yet. I mean, I I think there's a maybe a, a honey badger out there who oh, can add something boy, to this Merrill. team. Oh well, you just made Glenn's day. Yeah, your lips to Howie <laughs> Roseman's ears on that one, Merrill. That that would be my favorite. Let's move. hope. All but right. you know what, you guys, you guys are great. So I'll just go back to doing what I do on a Saturday morning, and that's listening to my two favorite broadcasters. All right. <laughs> Merrill, a pleasure. Thanks, as Merrill. Have a great day. Right, you thank too. You, thank you so much. There you go. Uh, He's feeling good. Merrill's excited. He's the greatest. Merle's excited. He's the greatest. You know, uh, I'm telling you, yesterday, like with the Embiid news, and the Phillies are getting no hit. It's like, ah, uh, I know. I got to get some. Who can downer. I get? Uh, who who can I get on that's going to like lift the spirits? You can't. You couldn't have placed a better phone call, right. Than the one to Merle. Yep. You really couldn't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one one of the things, and this sort of gets back to the the whole Dean issue, but I really believe in the idea of drafting. Guys who are winners, guys that come from yeah, winning programs. I think there's real value in that, and, I, and I've I've mentioned it before. But I, I was doing a book years ago uh, about the building of teams uh, and roads to success. And one of the guys I interviewed was Chuck Knoll, who came in to Pittsburgh, and took over a team that had never won a postseason game in their history, and they were at the bottom of the league, and everybody's laughing stock. And he had to re- begin to rebuild the whole thing, and everybody thought it was impossible. And one of the things that he told all of the scouts, and one of the things he observed was. We're going to take guys from winning programs in college. We're going to take guys who know how to win and fill our locker room with guys who know how to win and want to win. Uh, and that's how you know they get Franco Harris and they get Terry Bradshaw and they get Lynn Swan and all, all of these guys from all came from different schools, some big, some small. But the one thing they all had in common was they were all winners. Uh, and they knew how to win, and they brought that attitude to Pittsburgh and changed the attitude of an entire franchise and an entire city. So that really reg- registered with me. And I'm looking at what the Eagles have done. You know, last year, look at your look at your look at your two first picks. You got Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, both parts of national championship teams uh, at Alabama. Your quarterback Jalen Hurts was with two winning teams at Alabama and then later at Oklahoma. And now this year, you've gone to the defensive side, and you've got Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, who both won the national championship in Georgia. So you've addressed it on one side of the ball one year, the other side of the ball that year, and I think you bring enough of those kinds of guys into your locker room, it can change the whole culture of the locker room. Mm-hmm. You know? And I really do think that that's an important part of it, is if guys are winners and they know how to win and they're used to winning, and winning is important to them, not their individual stats, not necessarily the money, but the idea of we're, hey, we're here to win. If you get enough guys in your locker room, that becomes infectious. And that's, you know, to me, that is really the foundation of building a winning team. Good pernt, Ray. Uh, our friend Mitchie Tools joins us. The hardware store magnate. Yeah, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> hey, what do people buy this time of year at the hardware store? Well, you know, now it's time for, you know, change the potting soil inside and outside your house and, you know, the fancy screwdrivers, just that kind of stuff. There you know, you some flowers and plants. I do own a Cone and Brothers hardware store uh, uh, screwdriver, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. It's yeah, beautiful. It it's it's a beautiful day. The sun's out. Listen, Howie Roseman, he did good. I mean, listen, we did get Andre the Giant, you know, as I told you last week, and it's, it's a great day, and... Uh, the Phillies are doing well. It's a well, beautiful, no, no. The you know, perhaps, perhaps, Mitch, you missed what happened to the Phillies last night. Wait, what happened last night? They got uh, no, they got no hit. hit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you 
know me. Jason Kelsey is a class act. My God. Yeah. I, I see him, you know, down the road being in the 4K, you know, being some kind of, you know, on the radio with you guys or something on a, on a weekly basis. Oh, and yeah. Be great. One, he would. He'd be natural. Yeah. One thing, Glenn, watching again The Godfather the other day, did you hear about this? the offer on Paramount Plus? Yes. I want to, I, I'm, I'm trying to get a review of it before I commit to watch it. You, yeah, me so, too. So, Ray, they, they are doing a miniseries on basically a dramatic uh, thing about making The Godfather. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm interested in checking it out, but I want a couple, like, advanced scouting reports. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But I, I hope to. I, we hopefully we'll have it on what we're watching in the next uh, couple yeah. weeks. I think it just dropped the other night, right? First episode. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I had to watch The Godfather again for the yeah, of course. time the other day. Yeah. Well, if you watch this, do me a favor. Watch yeah. that thing, The Offer, it's called, right? And, yeah. and let, which is a play on the, on the famous line. Let me know, and so that way I'll know whether to watch it. All right. All right. Be That's well, your assignment for show. next week. All right. There you go. <laughs> I did read about that. But you'll never watch it. That's the funny thing. No. You're the person who reads about TV but mm-hmm. doesn't watch TV. Correct. You understand the inherent irony of that? Mm, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Sort of? No, I, I, I told you before, I, I, I'm very, I admire critical writing. I admire people that are critics and how they uh, analyze product, be it on the stage, be it in movies, be it in television. Yeah. How you evaluate it, how you criticize it, either positive or negative. Um, I, I, I think that's... But it doesn't... It's, 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 doesn't a very, it's a, to me, it's a very interesting form of journalism is the critical form. Well, I, re- I recall there was the time years back, decades ago, when the opening came up to be the movie critic at the Daily News. Correct. And you put in for the job. I applied for the job. Would have been great at it, and your editor basically went to the whoever the editor was who was going to make that decision and took your name out of it. Uh, yes. Yes. The sports editor found out that I had applied for the job and went to the entertainment editor and said, uh, no. <laughs> no, he is not a free agent. He may think that he is, but he's not. Yeah, that's not right. He's, right? Going, to stay, he's going to continue to write sports. That's not fair to you. Well, uh, I was at a point in my life where I felt like I was about ready to make a change. Sure. And, uh, you know, the, listen, the, the movie critic job doesn't come open all that often. Okay? It's a pretty, it's a pretty specialized pretty specialized role and um the movie critic was leaving and i thought god i really love movies and this would really be oh, so you much been, f- you would have been great this would be so much fun and i actually wrote up a six-page proposal and turned it Wait, in you, and Reed? sat back and sat back and waited for the phone to ring <laughs> little did you know no, they make an announcement they hired this other guy I said wait a minute what a- oh well no you know mike came in and told me that uh, no you weren't going you weren't leaving sports so there you go it's not right <laughs> well who knows well, anyway who, i might have i might have been lousy at it who knows no you would have been good the good news is that years later you got to write a movie book with me i know which was essentially 100 movie reviews yeah. And it was great fun. And we had the ultimate book of sports. All movies. it did was convince me that I really would have enjoyed doing that. I know. Because I had I so much fun as, writing the book. As we did that, you kept saying. Anyway, 215-592-9494 with Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now, 94WIP. All right. What well, we're watching. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sponsored by Got a Door and Window. Buy any window or door. Get the second one at 50% off. Plus, interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Call Got a Door and Window today. one eight seven seven go guide or visit goguida.com. Well, Ray, we, I don't want to, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. And to be honest with you, I didn't watch anything new this week. I know that you were wrapped up with the draft. By the way, how many hours of sleep have you had over the last three or four nights? Um, geez, last three nights, probably... Six hours total. Combined. Yeah. That's not one night. No, no, no. Yeah. Probably and, six hours over three days. you got to go do some work after this today and uh, t- just try to get get to bed early tonight, man. I'll try. All right. And if the morning show calls you to have you on tomorrow, which they will, say, sure, 9 o'clock. Not tomorrow. Oh, Monday. tomorrow's Sunday. You're on with me tomorrow. Never mind. Get up early tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, go to bed early anyway. Um, I will say this in terms of um, TV. The final episodes ever are on right now for Ozark and Better Call Saul, two of the absolute best shows of the last decade. Uh, shows that I've reviewed previously on what we're watching, shows that I've been engrossed in. Um, I started watching the new Ozark, which dropped on Netflix, the first couple episodes of the, of the final eight, and as always, it's great. I'm caught in waiting. Better Call Saul is on AMC, and they only drop one a week, so I'm waiting for a few more to come out before I, you know, start binging it. If you don't watch those shows from the beginning and you want to like spend some time over the next month watching two great shows, do that. But mostly, Ray, we've been watching the draft. Mm-hmm. You've been on. I was busy on Thursday night, but I watched it a lot last night, and I know that all the fluff and the magicians. And the comedians and the salutes, I'm sure that you have no interest in any of that. No. It's fully Vegas. They had Blue Man Group last night and, you know, comedians. But the best part, Ray, was Ed Marinaro last night. <laughs> totally. That, because, because, the, it's the highlight of the whole thing. 
<laughs> I want to play a little bit. They they basically they had to come out with a hook. Yeah, they did. He, I mean, they have these people come out, and every once in a while, one of them will go into something. But like David Akers, it was a blast. Or Drew Pearson going at the Eagles fans, it was it had purpose. Yes, it did. Ed was just basically doing a tell us your story, right? Talking about some small college he had coached at, right? I don't remember the name of it. Anyway, he took us back to the dorms at Cornell. Yes. He, he basically doing his whole life story there. I, I want to play this because this is where they finally. And you're not going to see the woman who walks on stage, but you can tell all of a sudden they're saying, like, let's go. Read read the card. Go ahead. This is right in Charles' wheelhouse. <laughs> go, go, baby. Anyway. Is he going to get to the early? If we, go, read I, the, okay, read the card. She wants me to read the card. All right. Are we in the early years? Let's go, Ed. Here we go, Ed. He got us getting a hook. Not, not even any playoff music. Just read no. it. Just read it. <laughs> anyway, with the 42nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select defensive back Andrew Booth from Clemson. Somebody said it was more lines than he ever had on a single episode of Hill Street, Street Blues. Blues. Yeah, could be. Yeah, he went on. Um, it was so funny. That it was, was that was funny. It was so funny. Because I'm just I'm just sitting there watching it and I'm laughing, thinking, okay, what are they going to do with him? Yeah. You know, because it looked like he was he was just warming up. He wasn't he was not ready to step aside. No, he, he didn't he didn't understand that uh, at some point they needed to move on. And then the woman with the headset just comes walking right. on the set and just points at the card and says, you know, read the card. Yes, it was hilarious. Uh, um, I will say that because I I was kind of flipping around last night. I was watching the Phillies get no hit, and then I would flip over to ESPN. I flip over to NFL Network. Mike Greenberg as the lead guy, it made me appreciate moron head Rich Eisen. Oh no! And you know how I feel about Rich Eisen. Yeah, I know how you feel about Rich Eisen. Yeah, Mike Greenberg. I don't. I don't get how he's like a national. Guy with with all these great jobs, I just don't see him as somebody having that talent, that conversational ability. I just I don't I never see him as somebody who should be in that role. There are so many talented people who are doing it. I did think most of the side analysts are very good. Daniel Jeremiah is very good. Charles Johnson is very good. I mean, those guys. I, I miss our old friend Mike Mayock, who was the greatest at that. Yeah, he was he was terrific at it. Right? He really was. But they still those those guys are pretty sharp. Oh yeah, and they give you good insight. And I like that. So I don't know. I, any you have any other thoughts on the draft coverage? Um, I know you've been working a lot. Yeah, no, I've been. Yeah, but I've obviously I've I've been yeah plugged into it for the last couple nights because I'm just watching every pick. Um, I've been watching more ESPN than NFL Network because I I just I just really can't take Rich Eisen. I I just can't. I just, mm-hmm. I, just I just he just he just I just find him really Smarty. really. Annoying, smarmy. Uh, hit yeah. One of the what the ad, adverbs. Yeah. yeah. So I've been so I've been mostly I've been mostly ESPNing it, and um, I'm Lewis Riddick is very good. Yeah. Lewis Riddick is very good. I mean Booger McFarland. I mean he, he's okay. He seems prepared. I'll say that. Um, but Lewis Riddick really brings the. Um, he, he, I mean, he brings the role of the of the general manager, the personnel director, the personnel guy. That's what he is. I mean, he really is a scout personnel guy, and he brings all of that expertise to the table in much the same way that Mike Mayock did. Uh, I think Lewis Riddick is really, really good. Um, I thought Lewis Riddick was really good on Monday Night Football as, a, as an in-the-booth analyst. I thought he was really good at this. Now, I think it's only a matter of time 
before he leaves broadcasting and goes back to become a GM or a director of scouting or works for some organization. I think that's going to happen soon. Um, but I'm, I'll tell you when it happens, good for him. I mean, if that's where he wants to get back into football and do that kind of thing, um, and he'll help whatever team he joins. But I'm going to miss him on TV because I think he's really good. And to me, he's been he's really kind of been the star, I think, of the last two nights. And Daniel Jeremiah I like a lot too, and he does a good job. Um, but I think that Lewis Riddick is really excellent in this role. Did you enjoy the commissioner? Do you enjoy the commissioner getting booed every night as always? I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy- bro hugs. You enjoy the bro hugs. No, no. To me, to me, it's ridiculous. Yeah. To me, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, to me, uh, I, maybe I'm just overreacting. To this. It's what is it supposed to be? I mean, he's not your buddy. You know, he's not your fraternity brother. He's, he's welcome you. To he's the, the commissioner. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, you know what? A handshake. A handshake is fine. Walk out and shake hands, okay? I mean, do you, could you see Dick Butkus picking up Pete Rozelle and swinging him around? I mean, come on. Are, is, what is that? What's all that about? I, I love your outrage over this. Well, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's the commissioner of the league. Like a year from now, he's going to be suspending you, okay? He's going to be taking your paycheck. But not, right now, you're, 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 you're dancing around on the stage and hugging each other like fraternity brothers. I mean, come on. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, and, and every year there's a couple of the guys that just like lift them off, lift them yeah. off the stage. I think Jordan Davis might have been one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Uh-huh. I mean, just, just okay. When be the commissioner, stand there, shake the hand, hand him a hat, uh-huh. and then get out of the way. Uh-huh. I said it before. I'll say it again. Try to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> I thought you liked it when I'm cranky. I love it. I do. I do. I enjoy. I'm 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 very sleep deprived right now. I'm, I'm a little out of sorts. That's great. And you made the you made well I, I, you, no, you I did put it the ball on the tee. You did it intentionally. You yeah. mentioned Roger Goodell, and that yeah. just set me off. Sure, I knew that. I know the triggers. <laughs> uh, David in North Philly, you're on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, what's up, Ray? What's up, Glenn? Hey, David. How's Hello, your, David. How's your sister doing, David? Uh, well, I heard you just had a birthday, and she just had a birthday. Oh, nice. She is 32 years young, so that means she is seven years younger than you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, uh, your math is impeccable. She did. Um, she was actually in the car the last time I called in. She was in the back, knocked out sleep, but she had an amazing cake. And right. ironically, my mom baked her cake, and she's experimenting with some rib and chicken Whoa. dishes. So somewhere Whoa. along the line, I'll just have to pop up. Uh, I owe you a platter, but so bring one for you and your wife. Showed up at my house that time with with food was always always a pleasure. What's uh, what do you think about the draft? I called it several weeks ago. I told you Harry Roseman was going to come out the draft smelling like roses. And he's doing something. I, I wish I could give the writer in Philadelphia credit. He's building a competitive team now and building for the future, which is uh, that's, a, that's a very tough line to do. We'll be competitive, but the, um, I'll give him credit the evaluation that they did. They got the receiver. I thought they would draft one. They got him. They paid him. I'm I'm happy with that. The center, I my gut feeling was always they were going to get an offensive lineman or even another one. I'm surprised they didn't get a defensive end before they got the tackle. And I'm like you guys, I'm looking for the cornerback. I love to get today. safety, but I'm really looking for if you look at their secondary, you have two thirds of the corners. Maddox is perfect in his role. Slay is perfect in his role, and with his age and his contract, you got to get somebody there that can not only start now, but can actually replace him in a year or two. Yep. But 
I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't complain. They're doing. Um, and then because of how he maneuvered around the draft, we go into next year with right probably, the extra first round pick. Yeah, honestly, but you know how high Roseman is. You go in with ammunition that could result in. I mean, technically, he could trade one of those first round picks to get somebody that can help. Maybe. Damn. All right. Well, let's. Well, okay. We'll see. The trades like that, and, and David, always thank you so much for the call. Uh, trades, I don't expect them to be making any trade like that anytime soon. They're not going to trade next year's first-round pick at this. I would be surprised if no. they traded no. at this point for a player. That tends not to happen, and if it did, probably would happen before the draft. Uh, Ray, they got to get a corner, and they got to get the draft starts at 12. Mm-hmm. I, I forget what are they, how many minutes you get today. Three, five? How many minutes you get? Five. Five? Okay. So they're not going to take a pick on our round. Hopefully, as I'm driving home, what's on after us? Go Birds Radio, right? Okay, good. As those guys are on, Elliot and James, mm-hmm. I fully expect, well, actually, I'm driving from here to uh, Conchi. We'll explain that in a minute. Before I get off the exit of the Schuylkill, I want the Eagles to have a cornerback in hand. Possible. There's a couple. I mean, I would I would settle for safety. I mean, just you you need you need DBs. I mean, you, you need at least one corner. You need at least one safety. You you got to do that. Yeah, that would not upset me, but you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, they only got the two picks today, but as we said earlier in the show, there is the possibility. I mean, they could trade Rager. They could trade mm-hmm. Dillard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could you know they could turn they could turn those two guys two, two first round picks into picks into fifth round cornerbacks. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, I'm, hey, we're all in love with Howie now. Let's not remind those, those past bad moves. <laughs> all right, 215-592-9494. Coming up, we do expect to talk to our uh, Cooper Doc, who will talk to us about Joel Embiid and Nicobe Dean. A lot going on in the medical department. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. The basketball playoffs are here, and Shy Vintage Sports is your home for throwback Sixers gear. Locally owned, Scheib carries national brands as well as original designs by Philly artists. So if you're thinking Dr. J, you're thinking The Spectrum, thinking Moses Malone, Boston Strangler, and Fo Fo Fo, even Prism, all of those basketball memories. Stop by 13th and Walnut Street before you head to your next game or shop online at ScheibSports.com. And remember, you tell them that Ray sent you and you will get 15% off. Ray Danger, Glenn Mack now. Saturday, 94 WIP. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Get outside today. You know who would advise you to get outside today, Ray? Oh, I have a feeling our, our good friend, Dr. David Gelt, would tell you to get out and get some sunshine. Doc, would that be the prescription? Absolutely. There you go. All right, we have a lot to discuss with you today, starting with Joel Embiid, who uh, sustained a quote-unquote mild concussion uh, mm-hmm. against the uh, Raptors in Game 6, as well as a broken right orbital bone, uh, which is probably more important in the long run, assuming that it is a uh, mild concussion. He had one of these before, 2018, other mm-hmm. eye or other, other orbital other bone. Side, yep. yeah. yeah, so, I mean, again, you know, we, we always like to give the caveat, you have not seen his x-rays, MRIs, but you know what this injury is. This, to me, sounds like I should not be expecting him back anytime real soon. Yeah, well, the good thing is, uh, from what I hear, he doesn't need any surgery, because I think last time he actually did have surgery, so that's why it, it took him a little longer to come back. Um, if it's just an orbital bone and it's not displaced, meaning it's not out of place or out of alignment, and can heal fine. A lot of times he'll can wear like a face shield like he did before, but he didn't like that much, mm-hmm. or some goggles for protection. Um, so... That's something, as long as his eyes doesn't swell up and 
he's doing well with that. It's something that he can probably come back this, you know, this round. The other issue is the concussion. Um, as we talked about before, he has to one to make sure he's symptom free, and then you have to go through a return to play protocol, which is at least five to six days where you go to the step by process and move forward with that. So that would take him at least through the first game or the second game possibly, and then you know, that would be the earliest in the best situation. Wow, that uh, is coming back to play. In- you know, in a very physical game where he plays in and around the basket, I mean, there's always a chance he get hit again. Uh, yeah. I mean, what kind of if if he if they do put the mask on him and he has to go out there and play, um, and he gets hit in the same area again, I mean, is there a possibility of the of the damage worsening? Yeah, sure. I mean, if he obviously if there's something that's broken and yes, the heel and still it's not it can something sometimes not be stable and it gets hit right again and he can get displaced and then after he needs surgery and then he's out for the rest of the the playoffs and then some, so you definitely take a risk for that. But you know, if it if it's seen that it's uh, okay and has some protection, he just has to make sure he wears the mask this time because the last time he just threw it off after a couple minutes of playing. Yeah, back in Tony routine. So we'll see. But like I said, the biggest thing too is making sure that he's symptom free and then if he can go move forward with the concussion protocol. All right. Well, let us be optimistic. <laughs> he's, got the, so. he's, got the, he's got the thumb. He's got this. He's it's it's, yeah. it's a lot. All right. The other the other issue we want to talk to you about is N'Kobe Dean, the Eagles draft in the third round last night, uh, the linebacker, and um, he fell uh, very far in the draft. And uh, the report is it is due to concerns over a recent pectoral tendon tear, and his decision to bypass surgery. I'm going to read you this report. Dean revealed at George's Pro Day on March 16th that he suffered a pectoral injury while bench pressing in preparation for the combine. Kirby Smart said at the time that it was a strain, but reporting from Ian Rappaport, Tom Palacero, and others uh, said that surgery was that surgery was at all an option suggests a more significant tear. Uh, again, you're you know you haven't seen it, you haven't seen the reports, but if it's a pectoral strain that 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 or a pectoral tear, excuse me. Um, and he's not getting the surgery. Is this something that we should uh, have legitimate concern? He may not be able to play for this team anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, again, it's all variation. The strain is, you know, partial tear. Or it can stretch out. It all depends on the variation on how severe it is. You know, Jordan Hicks a couple of years ago, he had a pec tear and he had surgery. Um, if it's something that there's still fibers attached and you can, it can heal and scar back down on its own, if you can try to avoid surgery, then that's always sometimes a better option if, if it's a good idea. Um, now, as you said, if he, apparently with some reading, he had a couple uh, opinions, and they all said that there wasn't any surgical indication, so um, hopefully it can heal on its own, and if it does well, then he's good to go, and he's got a steal in the draft for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the the Eagles said Howie Roseman said that, that their doctors had checked him out and they they green lighted him. They said he's okay. Um, so I don't quite know what to make of it. That there, if there if there's a tear if there's a tear in the pec, I mean that's that's no small matter. I mean that's that's a serious that's a serious thing. I kind of just don't know where this goes, but it kind of explains to me, you know, why a guy who I thought if you just watched the tape was a first round pick, all of a sudden he's still floating in the third round. I think. They're, you know, the Eagles are willing to take the chance with them, but it looks like a lot of other, a lot of other teams were not. Yeah, I mean, it depends where if the tear is it, it was attached right by the bone and it came off and there's a bolt off it, or if it's in the muscle belly, um, and then that just goes back down and heals where you don't have to uh, do any surgery for that. So it really depends on where it was and how bad the tear was exactly. 
Well, we hope for optimism. We all hope for good things. Dr. David Geld, it is always a pleasure, and uh, we'll give you the same advice that you uh, had. Get out there and enjoy the day. Okay. And it was good to hear about the brogue. Great. Uh, are, are, doctor, are you with me on that? I mean, does that seem like a little overdone now? I mean, him and the players at the hug. I mean, come on. He's the commissioner. Shake his hand and be done with it. Yeah, I think nowadays it's just become almost like a handshake instead. That's what people do these days. Not Ray. No, not me. No, not Ray. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Be forewarned, Doc. Next time you see him, if we have one of those men's health nights, no bro hug. No bro hug. No bro hug. No, no, no. Handshake works for me, Doc. All right, sounds good, guys. All right, be well. There you go. He's <laughs> great. Guy. He's a great guy. All right, let's uh, let's talk to. Uh, let me get the mouse is frozen here. Um, there we go. Chip, you're on with Rain Glenn. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Chip. Hi, Chip. Glenn, this is uh, your buddy Chip, the obnoxious referee. Oh, there you go. From way back when. Yes. <laughs> Ray, always nice to have a billing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And indeed, you were an obnoxious referee, but nonetheless. <laughs> what's going on? Ray, to give, give you an idea, the guy you're sitting next to, about 20 years ago, I'm out at Sullivan's for my anniversary. Glenn overhears the Mater D talking to me and my wife at Sullivan's, King of Prussia. He and Judy come over say hi, say happy anniversary, didn't know me from Adam, I dropped the bomb on him while I was chipping Knox's nice referee, and he just started laughing at his butt off. <laughs> All <laughs> Good true. man. Yeah, there you go. Good, I thank get you. It. So, anyway, it is such a pleasure, to, well, first, listening to you two is a pleasure, but such a pleasure to think that maybe Howie and the coaching staff talked to each other before this draft. You pick up Reddick, who's an undersized defensive end. You say, all right, well, maybe we're going to go from a 4-3 to a 3-4. You get Davis, who's going to do a zero-gap technique, take up two blockers in the middle, and then get Nakobe as, as Sam Mills 2.0. If he's Sam Mills, who was, oh, he's too small. He can't play linebacker. Guy was a Hall of Famer. I mean, all of a sudden you've got the front office talking to the coaching staff and maybe they, maybe they got it right. Maybe. <laughs> well, well, we'll find out. I mean, I, um, I kind of was thinking along the same lines you were thinking, Chip, that when they brought David, when they went for Davis, to me, and I had this discussion with Barrett, and Barrett thinks there's some truth to it. I, I think that they're going to. I'm not going to say they're going to go to a totally three-four defense next year, but I no, think it, I think tough. I think it's going to be part of their defense. I think it's going to be one of the looks that they're going to have. Because the guy is, he's a classic zero technique. I mean, he's a, he is a classic, he's a classic nose tackle. Take up two guys. Yeah, you put him, you <laughs> put him, up in space. you put him, you put him right over the center, you tuck a linebacker on his butt, and then you put Hassan Reddick on the outside as a stand-up pass rusher. Um, those are the, those are the basic elements of a 3-4 defense. And like I said, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to go to it totally, but I think it's a look that they now have the personnel they can play effectively. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, the more the more, hold on, the, the more diverse my you can be. My phone is ringing. What's that? My phone is ringing. It's Bernie Perrant. Oh, should I take it? Absolutely. Not Don't there. keep him waiting. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bernie, how are you? I'm good. What's going on? I'm on the air. Are you on the air? Yeah. Uh, well, well, have fun. Enjoy it. You know, if you recap the year, it's a tough year, but we'll come back next year, huh? Uh, we will, and I will see you Tuesday at that charity event, right? 
Definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right. And by the way, happy birthday to your lovely wife. You're, by the way, you are on the air right now. I just have the phone next to the mic, so none of you are swearing or anything. Uh, happy, happy birthday to your lovely wife. Oh, thank you. You're the best, buddy. Have a great day. All right. Bernie, I'll see you on Tuesday. I love you, man. I love you, too. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> He's like the greatest guy. You know, I think that's really all the hockey conversation we need. <laughs> I don't think there's much to say about the current team, but it's it's always good to hear from no. Howe. It's always good to hear from Bernie. You know what's so funny? And, I, and, I, and you know this to be true. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, a fan of the Buffalo Sabres. I was a teenager at those Stanley Cup finals when the Flyers beat the Sabres, mm-hmm. and Bernie Perron broke my heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike Bernie. He wasn't the guy you disliked on that team. There were enough other guys when you're you know, when you right. a rival fan. He has become a great friend of mine over these recent years, which is just such an odd and beautiful thing for me. Yeah, I know. I love, he's one of my favorite people. Yeah. He calls me sometimes just to tell me a dirty joke, <laughs> which is why I made sure he knew he was yeah, on the good, good thing you told him. Good thing you warned him. <laughs> yeah. Good thing you warned him that he was near a hot mic. Yeah. He uh, was- um, And it was he, his lovely wife's genie's birthday Great. He, he's, 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 he's just one of the- He's one of my favorite people. You know, in 50, 50 years in this business, Lord knows I've met hundreds if not thousands of athletes- um, come through this town, and uh, he's he's right at the top of the list in terms of being a first of all a great player, a great great all time great player, but being one of the nicest people I think I've ever met. And he was that way as a player too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was you know through good times and bad, wins and losses. I mean, just a total gentleman. I you know I, he's. He is really, really one of those worthy heroes that people look up to, and well, they should. Speaking of Bernie Perron, I will be with Bernie Perron. Along with, well, Al Morgani, how about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Kelly, Brad Marsh, Ed Hospitar, Joe Watson, Lou Nolan, Neil Little, and others. Uh, this coming Tuesday, this is a good chance for me to tee this thing up, uh, at the Great American Pub in Wayne from 5 to 7, guest bartending for an event to benefit Snyder Hockey. Uh, Flyers are going to be there. And uh, Snyder Hockey is a great program that basically – introduces uh, city kids to playing hockey, gives them the opportunity, gives them the equipment, gives them the ice time. Uh, And one of the things that I've learned is that in order to get ice time, you have to prove you read a book. That's a trade-off. Uh-huh. So you have to, like, bring a book that you read, and then you get to skate, which Mm. is great. So it's uh, this Tuesday, 5 to 7, at uh, Great American Pub in Wayne. I will be there along with Bernie and all those others pouring beers. Very good. Hope to see people there. That's a great cause. And it's, uh, you know, that's really Ed Snyder's legacy is the, is the Snyder Youth Hockey. Oh, built those rinks. Yep. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was great. And it's still, and it continues on. Yeah. Well, that was an interesting moment in the show. Always. Could you hear him? You could hear him? Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And it's clear it's Bernie. Oh, Bernie. nobody else. Yeah. Conklin, maybe, but more likely Bernie. 215-592-9494. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now. Uh, Are you tired of dealing with your old drafty windows and doors in your house? Maybe it's time you finally go Guida. The great people at Guida Door and Window will help make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off, and you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. So you buy an entry door, get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door, get 50% off a window. 
If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, you save 50% on half your project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, God is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act Now offers for limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A. Right in, Glenn Mack now, 94, WIP. Day three of the NFL draft has begun. And, Ray, what says it more than Blue Man Group doing spin art on the stage in Las Vegas? <laughs> oh, Lord. Glenn, what are they doing to my game? Yeah, well, sorry, pal. Not going to be what you want. All right, I'll get to the phone calls in a moment, 215-592-9494. But I want to just talk uh, about the draft other than what we've talked about along, which is the Eagles, and there are a few things that have kind of um, struck me. The first was the run on wide receivers. Twelve of the first 52 picks Mm -hmm. were wide receivers. Um, And we've seen all of the other wide receivers who have, Either gotten huge contracts or really more been traded the off this off season, right? Including AJ Brown coming to the Eagles, um, which is telling me that all of a sudden this is the hot position. This is it, which is a little bit surprising because I thought in the last year or two the running game was making a little bit of a comeback. Uh, yes, it, it did. Uh, and, and last year, last year teams and we. We lived it here in Philadelphia because you saw that the Eagles transformed themselves <laughs> from the beginning of the season uh, and middle of the season. They transformed themselves from being a pass, pass, pass team. Lord knows the game in Dallas will be hard, hard to top that one. Uh, but at midseason, Nick Sirianni decided, you know what? You know, we got a really good offensive line. We got some pretty decent backs. Why don't we start running the ball a little bit? And that's when they started to win. But th- that was happening around a lot around the whole league. Um, and teams that won tended to run the ball a bunch. But that. That doesn't suggest that there's going to be a, a huge shift in that direction. Um, the rules of the game are such, and so favor the passing game, um, that you're going to continue to throw the ball. And, but the philosophy, the overriding philosophy in the NFL for years was that wide receivers, much like running backs, are guys that you can draft and be successful with in yeah. rounds three, rounds four, mm-hmm. rounds five. You know, you build your premier, your premier picks are, are in the trenches on the both sides of the line, offensive and defensive. And then your skill position players, there are lots of them out there in the colleges, and if you scout well and you draft well, you can find those guys in the later rounds uh, and pay them accordingly. Well, you know, what you're seeing now is that with what's happened in this past, in this offseason, is some of the wide receiver contracts have just really exploded. I mean, and guys are, and wide receivers are making a ton of money. And I think that has influenced the draft here. Now the teams are saying, you know what, if I like this receiver, let me go up and get him now and get him under a rookie contract where I don't have to pay him $15 million a season. Get him on a rookie contract and I can have him within a budget here for the first four or five years and still have a good player. I really do think that this offseason with the amount of money that's been paid to wide receivers and some of the deals that some of these guys have struck, and obviously Devontae Adams was part of it, A.J. Brown was part of it, um, all of these guys, um, is influencing the way teams are building now. They're deciding, okay, let's, let's, draft a, let's, let's draft a wide receiver early. If he's a real good one, yep. we'll have him on a manageable salary now for four years. I mean, that's just smart business. Okay, second issue. The opposite happened with quarterbacks who didn't get drafted. One guy goes in the first round, which, by the way, good for him, gets to, to, gets to play in his hometown in the same place he played college ball. Yeah. Uh, walking into a extremely well coached team, good organization. Yep. 
I think he did well for himself there, Mr. Two Loves. Yeah, no, I think he's good. I, you know, Kenny Pickett. What I've heard, though, is his hands are too small to play, play in a place like Heinz Field. Well, he he, he did just fine there a bit. You know. Exactly. Yeah, 42 touchdown passes this year, broke Dan Marino's record. I, I'm not worried about his hand size. And, you know, they're right now the veteran quarterback they have is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and, look, he'll, be, he'll get first crack at the job, and he'll probably start the season. But I have a feeling that, I have a feeling that Kenny Pickett's going to be the playing quarterback before the year's out. But the other didn't get picked and didn't even get picked in the second round. And I know that, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how nobody knows nothing, which is always my belief when it comes to these drafts. You know, I look, I look at mock drafts like anybody else, but I don't take them seriously. Mm-hmm. And I saw Malik Willis, I think, pick five. You said you saw him as high as pick three. Well, I saw him as high as pick two. Pick two. He doesn't go until the third round, and he's not the only one. That got passed over. Was this just an extraordinarily bad crop of quarterbacks? Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say bad, but it was it was a crop of quarterbacks where you couldn't identify multiple guys and say, "Oh, there's a franchise player." You know, Malik Willis was a guy that has a really intriguing skill set. Um, I mean, the ball just the ball just explodes out of his hand. The trouble is, you don't know where it's going. <laughs> but he's got a very, he's got a very strong arm and he can run, but his level of competition at Liberty was not very good. The couple of times that he played bigger teams, he really struggled reading reading coverages. Made a lot of just flat out crazy throws. Like, what is he thinking? What is he seeing? Um, I had somebody tell me, you know, at, at number two, that the Lions were going to take him number two. I said, are you are you out of your mind? Lions You're going to take him in the third round and didn't. Yeah, I mean, and so. but the, the rationale was, hey, listen, uh, the Lion coaching staff, Lion coaching staff, they were at. Blue Gray. They were at the, the Senior Bowl. They coached his team. They love the guy. They love the guy. They're going to take. I, there, there's no way on God's green earth that the Lions are taking Malik Willis with the number two pick. They're just not going to do it. Well, turns out that they passed on and they passed on and they passed on. If you were watching the coverage, and I was watching it on ESPN, you were watching it on, on NFL Network for the most part. Uh, every time, you know, every time Atlanta came up. Every time Seattle came up, right. every time Minnesota Carolina. came up, yeah, every time Carolina came up it was oh here it's got to be they got to be taking the quarterback here and no they didn't they just kept passing and passing and passing mm-hmm. and but I think that kind of it, it they fell farther than I thought they would but I really did think that there was really only going to be one in the first round and that was Kenny Pickett and that's how it turned out to be yeah let me get a call or two in here Leon in uh, in Dallas you calling us from Dallas. Yes, good morning, Donoray. How are we doing hey, today? Are you Hello, Philly, how are you? Philly expat down there? Yes, of course, always. And Glenn, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for, you know, doing the draft coverage this year. I normally go on with Ike and John and Joe. You guys are really just so great when y'all all come together. You know, oh, the chemistry is great, and I love your guys' draft analysis. And I'm happy with the picks that we have. You know, I was, again, shocked as well that Willis fell as well as Dean. You know, I'm glad we got, um, you know, Dean. He'll be a good, um, you know, good player for us. But mm-hmm. real quick, um, Ray, I just wanted to get your opinion on the Giants draft. I'm, I mean, I'm not a Giants fan, but I thought as though they had a really good draft. I don't know how good the Thibodeau kid is going to be, but, you know, you know, I feel as though he'll probably be, you know, a football caliber type of guy. So I just wanted to get, right. get okay. your Leon, opinion on it. Okay, I'm going to – you got we have a have really a bad weekend. connection, so I'm going to hang up and you can listen yeah, no uh, on your uh, Odyssey uh, app. I thought the Giants did really good. They had two. They had two high first round picks, and they got Kayvon uh, Tribudeau, the pass rusher from Oregon, and they got Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, who were two really good picks. Uh, Tribudeau, there was a mixed opinion on him. 
Um, he was a little bit up and down at Oregon. He has tremendous skills. I mean, he's got great size. He's got long arms. He's got speed. He's got takeoff. He's he's got an awful lot of ability. The only the only question was he. If you watched him play at Oregon, there were some games he was kind of just so so. Uh, when he played against really good competition, he didn't dominate the way you would have liked to have seen him dominate. Uh, but when he's got it going uh, and he feels like he wants to play, he's tough to block. Uh, it's just going to be a question of how much he wants it. He's certainly got the ability. And he certainly likes the idea of playing in New York. He likes the spotlight. He made that very clear. Mm-hmm. So um, he's got the, you know, he's, people are comparing him to Michael Strahan, and I'm saying, you know, calm down. Easy okay? now. Easy. Yeah, cal- calm down. Yeah. It's, you know, he, I mean, he could play his whole career and not be Michael Strahan. Uh, he's got he's got the ability to be a really good player, uh, and I thought for where the Giants were in the draft and the, what they need on their defense, I thought he made a lot of sense at the pick. And to me, Neil, the big the big offensive tackle from Alabama is, I mean, you can't go wrong with him. They he's need just, it too. They're, they're their offensive line. Yeah, their offensive offensive line's terrible. They haven't been able to get the tackle position right for years. Uh, but this is a guy that can come in and he'll start from day one and he'll be a good player for them. Uh, they decided not to pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, which uh, indicates a lack of commitment there. Uh, obviously, they did not draft a quarterback. But right. Kind of interesting to watch, see what happens in that. Yeah, um, I'm of the I, – I don't know that Daniel Jones is ever going to be a star, but I think he can play. Um, but I kind of subscribe to what John Mara, the owner, said. That, you know, We've done everything we can to screw this kid up since the day he got here. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Let's just see you put better players around him. You give him he's an offensive line. He's got a, and he's got a better coach now. And he's got a better Ryan coach. Ryan Dable now. is a guy who did really well in Buffalo there, should do very well. Yeah, I think I think that's – and when, when Mara said what he said about the, we're screwing this kid up, and the coaching was certainly a part of it. But better coaching, better system, uh, and better protection. Now I think this year we'll have some opportunity to judge just how good Daniel Jones can be. All right, let's talk to Sean in Horsham. Good morning, Sean. Good afternoon. Hey, guys. How you doing today? All right. Mm-hmm. Good. I guess before I get to my point, I was going to talk about some day three sleepers I had in mind. I just want to give a shout out to Big Daddy Graham. I know he really would have liked uh, the Eagles draft so far. I know he's looking out for us up there. That's uh, so. very nice of you to say that. I, I miss Big Daddy. I know Ray feels the same way. I miss him all the time. He was such a great friend, uh, and uh, I think about him a lot, and I miss him. So it's nice that you brought him up. No problem. Um, I guess some day three sleepers I kind of wanted the Eagles to target. I think the obvious name is Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't know if we're going to get him. He's probably going to go too early in the fourth round. But I do expect Eagles to move up. I do think they're probably going to get rid of one of these linemen, either be Salemau, Lou Wig, any of these guys. I'm just a little worried by our lack of hits. Hey, you know, um, they drafted a center, yes. Well, I don't know that Herbig is going to get you anything. Yeah. Right, that's not. But they drafted a center, so they really don't have use for Herbig now, right? Um, I, if they make a trade today, I would think it would be it would be Dillard or it would be Rager. Mm-hmm. That that's probably and, about and if right. you get a fourth rounder for either of them, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, he he mentions Kobe Bryant uh, as a possibility. Um, again, Kobe Bryant, C O B Y. Okay, not not the, not the other Kobe Bryant. Um, but uh, he was the he was the other cornerback on that Cincinnati Bearcat team that was very good this year. Uh, and Lord knows he got a lot of work at that other corner because nobody wanted to throw the ball near Sauce Gardner. <laughs> uh, and so he got a workout. And he's a, he's a good player. I mean, he's, he's nowhere close to Gardner in terms of his physical, physical skills. Doesn't have that much, doesn't have that kind of speed or range. Uh, but he's kind of a scheme-specific guy. If you're a team that's really, really committed to playing zone defense and you're not going to ask your corners to play much man, 
he can play there. If you're a zone defense, he can play as he can be a zone corner. But in the NFL, if you've got a team where you're going to blitz a lot and you're going to ask your corners to play a lot man-to-man, he doesn't have that kind of speed or twitch. Hey, Ray, the uh, commissioner is on the stage now with Blue Man Group shooting confetti uh, guns into the crowd. Your thoughts? <laughs> you, know, you, you know how cranky I am. Why, why are you doing this? Oh, I'm, Ray, I'm just lighting the match, pal. <laughs> Blue Man Group is is the is the governor uh, is he firing guns or are they firing the guns at the, gu- the, the at the commissioner? Uh, commissioner? No, he had they gave him the gun to fire into the crowd. I see. So Roger seemed to be enjoying himself. Oh, yucking it up, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. What happened to your NFL? Where's George Grande and like that tiny little? Oh, George Grande, <laughs> Doctor Z, and Howard right. Balzer. Right. Now that Behind was now that desk. was a draft. That was a draft. Right? They there. had a tablecloth. Right? It was a desk with a tablecloth, and like their names in, in on cardboard little uh, uh, platforms. Yeah. Right. And all three guys they, were like they, sitting. They were all jammed shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. They're all sitting. It's like three guys sitting around a card table. Yes. Yeah. Stacks of paper that look a lot like yours. Actually, I gotta get a picture of yours and post it before we get out of here. Right. You have your usual array. Mm-hmm. And now it's this multi-billion-dollar thing with fans from all over the country. Uh, at a, and I love that they do it at a different location every year. Listen, when it was here, we loved it. We had a blast. Yeah, and it was a big success. I'm sure. That, I'm sure they're going to come back and do it here again because uh, the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia draft went very well. Yeah, I think next year's Kansas City. Maybe I heard. I don't know, like, I could be Cleveland, something like that. Whatever, doesn't matter. But um, the Philadelphia was. You know, one of the reasons why Philadelphia was great because it's right in the middle of all some like it was a real neighborhood. Steel, it was a real no, place. No, 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 Steeler fans. You're close enough that Steeler fans oh, can come. Oh, oh, and oh. The, the two New York fan right, bases and the Ravens can come. And, and, the, Washington, and the Ravens and yeah. Washington can come. So yeah. where Philadelphia is, I mean, you're going to get all of those fans from all those other teams can come here very easily. Yeah. Uh, and it really made you remember what the Parkway looked like. I mean, you had every kind of jersey imaginable out there. It was it was a great time. Well, they have that this year, but it's Vegas. I mean, Vegas is easy. You know, people go to Vegas. People go to Vegas, yeah, right? You know, say, hey, let's go to the draft, and then. Up five thousand dollars on the tables. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been really good for the strip. I'm sure there's a ton of money being being left on the tables out there. Probably a lot by guys who just uh, got picked in the first round and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly are going to have forty million dollars in their pocket tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, one thing about the Thibodeau, the uh, the the defensive end from Oregon, who got drafted by the Giants. I, I was reading an article today. Um, it was an interview with uh, Carl Banks, the former Giant. Yeah. And Carl Banks made a really interesting because uh, did you see did, did you see Thibodeau on draft night when he came out he was like strutting onto the stage and showing people the lining of his coat I mean mm-hmm. the guy is a real ham bone yeah okay? he's playing it up and yeah. he's playing it up and he said he wanted to go to New York and he's loving the idea of being in New York and he he, he has a big personality okay mm-hmm. now I don't know if he has the game to match it but he's got right. a big personality when we'll find out about his game soon enough right it can work if it works right. but Banks made a really good point where Banks said there are no stars in New York right now. You know, you got this big market, and he said, he said, the, you look at the athletes that are playing for the team. Look at the teams, first of all. You know, the Giants and the Jets are terrible. Yeah. You know, the, the Nets were a huge disappointment. The Knicks are nowhere. Um, you know, the Yankees and the, the, the Mets are coming on, and the Yankees are kind of, they've yeah. been underachieving, even though they win. Aaron Judge is the guy. I guess. So he's, so, so, so Banks said, he said, all the, all the athletes in this town right now, wow. he said, he said, he, he, said yeah. he, he said, he said, he said, they're either whiners. Or they're underachievers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the athletes in New York right now. He said this this town is ready to be taken over by a big time player with a big time personality. Ooh, Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but yes, the spotlight awaits. It does. It really does. And this guy and this guy clearly gets it and he embraces it. Now he's just got to show he can play. Yeah. Well, hopefully, 
hopefully not too well against our team. Let's let's so hope. It's twice a year we got to look at this guy. Well, he's he's probably if, coming into coming into the NFC East when he lines up against the Eagles. He's either going to have to deal with Jordan Mylotta or Lane Johnson. Right. So it ain't going to be easy I either like our way. Chances. All yeah. Right, good. Uh, let me get Matt in Plymouth meeting. Matt's got uh, some late round players he wants to project. Who you got? Matt. Matt is not there. All right. Well, let's try Bob. Uh, Bob. Bob. Hey, guys. How are you? Bob, I don't so, think it's going to happen. I'm here, Glenn. I know you're there, but I and I know what you want to uh, talk about. Oh, by the well, way. here's the thing. Hold on, hold on. Kobe Bryant right. just got picked by Seattle in the fourth round, a guy we discussed a lot. Right. He's going to Seattle. But Bob wants to talk about the guy who I wanted out of this draft as much as I wanted anybody. Well, here's, here's the thing. I, I will say this. The reason that we'll never get the draft again in Philadelphia because the league year started with the draft. And it ended with us winning the Super Bowl, and they ain't having that again. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not. True. No, no, no. All right. So the reason I want the the reason I want the the, the punt god. Yeah. We're going to sign twelve to fifteen free agents right after the draft. So you're going to have guys that 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 weren't picked. But w- would you rather have? Oh, I know what you would want. I would rather have the top rated guy at position that's going to change field position, that punts left footed, that has a different spin on the ball that's going to that, that's going to be a game changer than the 25th maybe cornerback or the 25th safety that like Glenn was talking like Ray was talking about the guy that uh, played opposite of sauce well he's got to be in the zone yeah he and just he, he just got taken yeah yeah so I I want to have a guy that I know is going to make my team rather than what I had to watch this year when I got cold shank after shank after shank and a punt travel in 25 yards. I know this guy will make the team. I know that that, that he's going to have value late. Ray, I believe that uh, Bob from Williamstown has just spoken brilliance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he's speaking about the punter from San Diego State. And, and part of what you just said still has to be proven. We still have to find out if he can kick in cold weather. We still don't know that. I mean, um, Sippus early well, in this earth. Sippus, it's not cold in San Diego. Uh, not when not when I've been there. It hadn't been. You know, he's he's going to have to prove he can kick in NFC East weather. Uh, we found out that Sippus can. I mean, early in the season he was he was punting pretty well, but then the colder the weather got, the less efficient he became. And now you know the San Diego. Look, but I I think right, he cost me dinner for four five. Yeah, and the boys really ate up a storm too. Which by the way was a phenomenal meal at Ralph's. Oh, Ralph's took good care of us that yeah, night. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and the, and the producers did their did their fair share of eating that night. Those lads can eat. Yeah. Dan Wilson in the bread basket. That was impressive. Well, and that was fine because that was free. You know what? That was you know, free. Was in, and th- I'm sorry, Bob. We got off your topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, just about them at, at Ralph's. What saved me that night is none of you guys drank. No. I mean, that was easy for me. It's, yeah, it's, Fritz had a couple beers, but that was yeah. It. But that's it, man. It's the bar bill that'll get you when yeah. you go out to dinner. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, when I'm when I'm footing the bill, you're you're big on the martinis. I've noticed. Oh that. Yeah. yeah, oh, you start with a martini or two. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't hold back when you win, which I and I'm I'm fine with that. That's I, the way this is supposed to work. I enjoy a drink at a nice dinner. I know. You know, uh, the punter. Yes, it's not um, gonna, it's not going to happen. No, um, no. They, and, and listen, as much as I wanted them, I wanted them when the Eagles had ten or eleven picks. Oh, there goes your other guy. Who? Daniel Falalalala. Just oh. went to the Ravens. Well, the Ravens love big guys. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Remember when they had Zeus? One of, one remember, of your sleepers. Remember when they had the guy they called Zeus, oh, who was like four hundred pounds? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they love they love the big guys. Yeah. The Ravens are a team when they get off the bus, man. 
That's a, they're scary. I mean, one guy's <laughs> bigger than the next. Yeah, I've always noticed that. Yeah. Uh, look, Falala just got a touchdown pass. I didn't know they had him do that, too. Well, there you go. <laughs> God, all the guys we want are going right now. Well, um, we're into round four now. Oh, let me get, let me let's let you and I take a guess right here. All right. Does, we, the, we does the punter go in round four? Yes. Or does he fall to round five? Punter goes in round four. I think he goes in round four, too. Yep. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Rain Glenn. 94 W. They bring back the black jerseys. And the Phillies offense blacked out to this point. 0-2 the count. Diaz kicks the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And it's a no-hitter for Edwin Diaz and the New York Mets. That's how it ended last night. I'm flipping back and forth. It was within a minute of the Eagles drafting to Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. So you had kind of the agony and the ecstasy there. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, uh, it, it was embarrassing it's to get no hit. It happens, and it can happen to a good team. And, you know, it doesn't foretell a whole lot for the future of the season. But all three guys, you had the heart of your order in the ninth inning, and they all struck out swinging. Which it's like you know, have a little plate discipline, work something. You don't have a hit all day, and they're they're swinging from the. It's two strikes. You're being no hit in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Real Muto was the last one. Uh, who was up before him? I, I I think it was Castellanos. Whatever, but like you know, try to work something. Mm-hmm. It was very frustrating to watch them. Their offense tends to be feast or famine. They did. I, I you know what? I will take it back and say. Earlier in the week when I was watching them, I appreciate Girardi. They actually stole a couple bases, worked a couple of runs. Not last night, man. No. So, Ray, the Phillies have had a no-hitter of this ilk. If you remember a couple years ago, Hamill started it, and they had four-pitcher no-hitter. Right. This was a five-pitcher no-hitter, the most ever combined on a no-hitter. Yeah, it's the 17th time in Major League history you had a combined no-hitter, but this is the first time you had five pitchers pitching. And I think you're going to have this more and more. Oh, because, yeah, absolutely. You know, pitchers don't they get pulled. Uh, early this year, Kershaw got pulled with a no-hitter. Right. Your thoughts? Hate it. Next? Ray, I put the ball on the tee. You Come can't. on, what am I going to say? It's stupid, It's but it's baseball today. I hate it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I've seen no-hitters, you know, when they were true no-hitters. Mm. You know, when the drama builds and you're on the edge oh, of your seat. And Hall- the Halliday one in the playoffs where I was at and in, in, had great seat was one of my all-time favorite games. I've been to, I think, three no-hitters. Kevin Millwood, of all people, I saw throw a no-hitter live. Yeah. Uh, I was at the Halliday one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. covered, I covered one. I covered Bob Forsh pitching one against the Phillies out in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Early, it, was, it was an early season game. It was an April game. It might have been like second week of the season. Yeah. Um, Sunday afternoon. And there, there's real drama there. I mean, even though he's throwing it against the Phillies and I'm covering it for a Philadelphia newspaper, it's real drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it builds by the inning. You know, there's nothing here. I mean, no. I, mean, you know, I see Jolie Rodriguez pitching this. You know, oh, boy, that's dramatic. Oh man, it's uh, I can't One wait. Of the all-time greats, call um, Cooperstown. Oh, I'm I'm biting my fingernails. Jolie, can he get through this inning? Oh, it's historic. We're seeing history made here. No, you're not. You're seeing a mediocre pitcher pitch the seventh inning of a game. It's it's nothing. But it's more. But it's so typical of baseball today. I mean, it's. I, I feel bad about it, Glenn. I mean, I used to really like baseball. I really, really liked the game of baseball. I would enjoy, I enjoyed sitting down and watching baseball. I don't enjoy watching it today. And I don't think that's likely to change. Yeah. 
Let me get Chris in Dover. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, Chris. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey. Hey, Ray, uh, Glenn, you guys aren't the only guys. There's a lot of people not watching baseball anymore. Well, I'm watching it, uh, but, uh, you know, like Ray, I, 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 I don't see the game going in a positive direction. That's, that's for sure. Nothing more exciting than a no-hitter or, for me personally, an inside-the-park home run. Yeah, it's pretty good. They're exciting Yep. The game. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to see inside the park because nobody runs anymore. They they all they all hit the ball and stand there and watch it. You know, to to get an inside the home park home run, you got to be running out of the box when you hit the ball. You know, guys stand there and they watch and they pose and they flip the bat and all of a sudden the ball's off the wall and they start to run. They're lucky if they get to second base. See, yeah, they don't run, and, and, and they don't you run thought, hard anymore, do they? No. And, and, Ray, and you, God, I am cranky today. Oh yes, you are. <laughs> I, I, I need. I, I really I need it. to just crawl into bed and sleep for like I three days. I am so enjoying this from my perspective. <laughs> hey guys, I'm right, not hold, on one, hold on, hold on, Chris, hold on one sec because okay. I, I want to get to you. But I love like three minutes ago you said like, "What are you?" I'm not going to talk about that. I got nothing. And then it comes up again and like, there you go. Put the quarter in the machine and cranky Ray is ready to go. Yes, go ahead there. I'm sorry, Chris. Hey guys, I'm not even that old, but you're you're 100 percent right. It's taking the thrill and the fun out of the, the game of the things you're talking about. Yeah, mostly right. No, but no, anyway. No. No, I think, I think anyway. and listen, Chris, Chris is a young guy. I yeah. mean, Chris isn't like an old fossil like us. I mean, it, we, you know, I mean, we, we remember baseball in the 50s, and that's yeah. how it was played. No, I don't remember you know, Chris baseball is, in the 50s, not quite, but okay. No, I do. Yeah, I know. I do, but, but, you know, Chris is a young guy, and even he doesn't like it. Yeah, well, there you go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> about the draft, uh, I think the Eagles did a great job, uh, very impressed. And, Ray, I had your two things. Uh, I want to talk about a series last, but uh, your opinion on a uh, guy that you talked about before the draft a month or so ago, Kenny Pickett, that went to the Steelers. Is right. he going to be an okay quarterback, or has he got a shot at being a top-10 guy? What's your? I'd like to hear your thoughts on him again. Uh, well, I think uh, – thanks, Chris. Uh, no, I think that he will be uh, – I think he'll be a good quarterback in the NFL. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that he's going to be a, a star – I'm not. I don't know that he's going to go in there and make people forget about Bradshaw and Roethlisberger, uh, but I think he's a guy who can step in and win games for you. Um, and he's a he's an accurate passer. Uh, he's more mobile than people think. Uh, I really like the fact that he can he, he throws on the run very well, um, and he's smart. I mean, he doesn't beat you. I mean, this year what 42 touchdowns, only six or seven interceptions. I mean, he's. Uh, I, I really like him, but I don't know that he has – I don't know that he ha- he's a guy that's capable of being, you know, like an all-timer. But a guy who's going, to, who's going to be the starter in Pittsburgh not that far down the road and probably play there and win a lot of games over time, yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be that good. I really do. Chris, you have a, you have a TV recommendation for us? I do, and Lewis Riddick, your opinion about Steelers' uh, GM position. I heard he might have interviewed or is going to. Yeah, but give us the TV thing. Okay, uh, Last Kingdom. If you guys saw it, you like it, what's your thoughts? I have not seen it. I hear very good things about it. I, I, I hear it to be a good show. The, the the shows I'm looking forward to watching, maybe, are The Offer, that one that, you know. Was, about The Godfather, right? Yeah. Uh, there is a show out there called Tokyo Vice on HBO that I hear is very good. Oh, yeah? And the people who did uh, The Wire have a show that just started this week 
called. Uh, I own this town, or we own this. We town. own this town, or we own this city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, I've read good things about that too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watch. So you read about it, and I watch it. Yeah, there you go. See, what a deal. See how that works. There you have. Yeah, it. there you go. All right, Rick is with us in Glen Mills. Hey, Rick. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good. How are you, Rick? Good. I was uh, about to say that we're not talking about the Phillies getting no hit, but you guys took my thunder. But um, I, I had a couple of observations about the draft last night. I, I thought they were going to take N'Kobe Dean with their 51st pick. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was there, and then they take uh, Cam Jurgens, who I, I had a question about that, too, because don't they already have an All-American center playing guard from Alabama? I thought that would be the natural move. And I, I hope it's not a wasted pick, but apparently this guy's very athletic. Well, we talked uh, um, at the end of the year. Yeah, no, he's good. And we and we talked about um, uh, what's his name, the guard, the 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 guy they drafted last year, Dickerson, Dickerson, Landon Dickerson, who is going to stay at guard. Yeah, I mean, they like, like him at guard. He's going to stay at guard. Yeah, Rick. Okay. He, yeah, yeah, I mean, Dickerson proved last year. Look, he played. He played. Actually, he played every line position in college. He played some tackle. He played some guard. He played mostly center. He played. He was a center at the end. Um, but um, I, when the Eagles, when the when the, the injuries hit last year and they had to play him a guard, um, he was very good. I mean, it, it took him a little yeah. while. It took him a little while to kind of get his feet under him. But once he yeah. settled in, uh, I mean, he got better by the week. And by the end of the year, that left side of the line with Mylotta and him was very good. So I think I right. think they I think the idea of putting him at center that they forgot that last year. They he's he's a guard and he's going to stay at guard. The guy that I thought was going to slide was say Amalu. I thought Sayamalo was going to be the next center because he was a center at Oregon State and actually a good one. Uh, I, th- I actually thought that was his best position, so I thought that was going to be the guy. But uh, but Jurgens is, I mean, he really is he, uh, he really is a clone of Kelsey. I mean, he's I can understand why Kelsey, when he was watching the film, said, "Hey, you know, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror because this guy is is very very much is is very Kelsey like. All the qualities you like in Kelsey in terms of his mobility, his quick get off." Um, it's firing out of his stance and getting into the blinds because he's going to block. All of that kind of stuff that you really like about Kelsey is all the kinds of stuff that Jurgens does well. So, yeah, I think that I think they got the guy. I think they got the guy who's going to be whenever Kelsey decides to hang it up. Which I kind of think it's got one more year and then that's going to happen. Then this guy will be fully immersed in the system and ready to step in. So as we're looking ahead at this offensive line for years to come, assuming everybody stays healthy and under contract. You got my lot of Jordan my lot at left tackle. Mm-hmm. You got Landon Dickerson at left guard. Mm-hmm. You got uh, the kid Jurgens moving ahead after Jason Kelsey decides to call it quits. Right. I guess Saimalu stays at right guard, and he probably have another three four years out of Lane Johnson. And I got to tell you, I mean I don't know what Jurgens can do, but assuming he can play, I love Dickerson, my lotta. It's a nice offensive line. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty good. I I also think Jack Driscoll's a good player. Where do you put him? Uh, Somebody's going to get hurt. I guess that's where you put him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've seen him play both guard and tackle, and he can play both. Um, you know, I wonder. I wonder what their thoughts are say about Sayamalu long term. I mean, he may not be. He may not be part of your long term future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fact he offers you some versatility. Um, but to me, Driscoll, Driscoll's really coming on. I mean, you're going to have to find a spot for him somewhere. I mean, he could possibly be the guy after Lane Johnson. 
he could possibly yeah, play right tackle. That's a, that's another couple of years. That's another couple of years. I mean, it could be, but I think Driscoll could be a guy pushing for pushing for that right guard job. Two one five five nine two ninety four. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack. Now day three of the NFL draft. Are you tired of dealing with your old drafty windows and doors in your house? Maybe it's time you finally go Guida. The great people at Guida Door and Window will help make your window and door project, replacement project, more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door or window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off. And you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Buy an entry door, get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door, get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, you save 50% on half the project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Guida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today to schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Macknow. We'll be doing this again tomorrow. What do you got after the show today, Ray? Uh, after the show, I am heading down to um, NBC Sports Philly. Oh gosh, to do uh, to do a little more TV. Uh, just sort of wrapping up the draft, and getting some final impressions and observations. Um, but at this point, got to give the Eagles high marks. Yeah. You know that I mean, you know all that. <laughs> With all the scrutiny that Howie Roseman has been under for the, since the end of the season and in the last month leading up to it, uh, you got to say he rose to the occasion here. I mean, this was—I thought he did a really good job, and uh, so uh, I got to go down there and talk about that a little bit, do a tape for for TV, and then after that, I'm uh, heading out to Delaware County to go to my uh, grandson's birthday party. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, my grandson, uh, my grandson Emmett Mercaldo, is celebrating his 11th birthday today. So right now, he and his friends are playing putt putt somewhere. Oh, that's great! And then everybody's coming back to the house for the uh, for the adults party. So I'll be there in time for that. Nice. Um, Emmett is 11. Emmett is 11. That's a good age. It's a good age to be a boy. 11 is good. It's a great age. Yeah, it's a great age. Life's still fun. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, the biggest worry is what fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, I I'm sure this afternoon will will play out the way it normally does. He says, "Pop Ray, sit here on the couch," and he gets out his video game and he starts trying to show me how to play his video game, <laughs> and tries to well. And I am within thirty seconds. I am completely lost. Like you, I am attending a uh, grandson's birthday party today. Actually. I'm leaving from here uh, as quickly as I can. Today is the eighth anniversary uh, party at Conchalk and Brewing Company Mm -hmm. in Conchi, which uh, I think most people know I am a part of, a proud partner of, Mm -hmm. and we have managed to make it through eight years and big celebration over in Conchi. So I hope people come and meet me there. Maybe I'll even buy you a beer. If If I see you there... And you shake my hand, I'll buy you an eight-ounce beer. How's that I, I remember when you launched the franchise. Yeah, I was a little nervous. <laughs> yes, you were. We've done yes, all right. you were, but look how it's grown. Yeah, yeah, we've got five spots now. So we have our eighth anniversary party. And then I will be going to media for the second birthday party of my grandson, Gregory Mack, now. <laughs> Big times, man. Second birthday. Be good. The party starts when he wakes up from his nap. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
that's, that's but they have all their friends and all their friends have little kids and so you know it's gonna be all the kids that's terrific yeah that's terrific great. i i always look forward to uh maria will always call me over and say glenn's posted some more pictures of gregory uh, i love that kid uh, and well you should i hang out he comes to our house twice a week and uh, he hangs out with pops and, mm-hmm. you know we go down and watch the trains i took him on his first scepter ride this week oh he loved it he did huh? oh he this little guy he loves trains and buses and cars and when the mail truck comes he's like how does a two-year-old know that he loves you know that stuff no it's all new to him i guess he's exploring but it's such a little boy thing to like that stuff right yeah and so he always wants to go you know where i live i'm a couple blocks from a train station right so he likes to watch the trains come and go and so this week we actually took him on the train for the first time Oh, his eyes were saucers. Yeah, it's a great, oh, it's a beautiful it. thing. Little kids, every every day is a new adventure. Every day yes. they see, they experience yes. something they never did before, right. and it's great to share that with them. Nobody else on the septic car seemed quite as enthused, <laughs> including the guy who was sleeping in the first row. Uh, Robert in Germantown, what's on your mind? Just enjoying the conversation as always, guys. Thank you, it's sir. Wonderful that uh, you're enjoying your grandchildren. Oh yeah. Um, first thing to get off my chest. I'm outraged that uh, our coach, the 76ers, didn't take Embiid out in the the middle of the fourth quarter. Why is he in there? We're up 20 points. I know. 29. Robert, I'm with you you 100%. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Why is he still on the floor? And, you know, you're up 29 with three minutes to go, and he's still playing. It's just – it was just a terrible mistake, and it's really cost them now. Yep. Doc Rivers does not deserve to be called Glenn. Yes, go on. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, I'm a little bit contrary on the draft. i got to say, guys, I think we should take in Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think the other guy, nice human being, I think he's going to be a bouncer in a bar five years from now. Oh, I, I don't, well, two I things. Think, I would have liked Kyle Hamilton. I think we all would have. To dismiss yeah. this guy and say he's going to be a bouncer is a little, little harsh, man. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.